Hello, I am Andy, and I would like to thank you for coming to my movie. And laugh like that a long time. Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. I spilled all over myself. <laughs> I smell like beer now. Mmm. Welcome to Movie Boners. Yeah. Home of the Movie Bro- Boners. Brought to you by Wandering Lion Studios. Yeah. Or in partnership with... <laughs> however, Basically. However you're supposed you to say You got that. it. Yeah. So we have our delicious beers this week. And they're sponsored by Wandering Lion Studios. Definitely check out those guys that are putting on a film fest right now. Yep. They're an independent studio, but they're hosting a film festival that entries are open to. So if you have a film or you know someone who has a film... Have them go wanderinglinestudios.com and see all the rules get entered. Um, they're on Film Freeway too. There are festivals there. So go there, get entered, get your film entered. You, yeah, you have until January 31st to enter for the, the film fest. Yep. Uh, and then the award date will be February 15th. So, like Jake said, if you have a film that you would like to get submitted, mm-hmm. Submitted to these guys are pretty awesome. Yeah, they have a lot of different uh, award categories, too. Like yeah. all, all the big ones. Best picture, best everything. So, yeah. Good entered. And check them out. And Do thank, it. Thank you, Wandering Line, for this beer this week. Is, this uh, is a amazing beer that... <laughs> very proud of this one. <laughs> this is so good. I'm very proud of this one. So, we're doing Jim Carrey. Yep, we're going to do a kind of a deep dive episode into Jim Carrey. Yep. And I found a beer from a, a Colorado brewery in Loveland, just like the next town over, from Verboten Brewing. It's called Killer Boots. Killer Boots, man! Killer Boots, man! <laughs> and I was so hopeful that you would get it, and you got it immediately. Immediately. Well, okay, so not only did I get it immediately, but that whole scene is yeah. one of my favorite scenes ever. <laughs> yeah. And just seeing the beer immediately thought, mm-hmm. pull over. No, it's a cardigan, but thanks for noticing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's such a small throwaway line when he leans out and tells the cop, killer boots, man. <laughs> it's so good. But it's so funny. It makes me laugh every time. I, I would argue it's not a throwaway line because maybe it's just the people we know mm-hmm. and my daughter as well. Okay. That line is quoted quite like... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it fit, fits into life a weird amount. <laughs> but this is, uh, what is it, porter-style ale with caramel added. And it is quite delicious. It is pretty delicious. It really is. Yeah, I like it a lot. Uh, so before we get into Jim Carrey, right, though, we, we have something kind of fun. Yeah, another mini-segment. Ooh, um, bum, bum, bum. We were recording this af- the day after Wonder Woman came out. Yeah. And... We're in a weird place in time where it kind of sucks that theaters aren't open, but it's also kind of cool and convenient that they released big blockbuster movies on something you can stream in your house the same day. Yeah. So everybody can like watch it at the same time. And so we watched Wonder Woman. Yep. And I watched it as well with my daughter Christmas afternoon. Yeah. And what did you think about it? I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I I dig the eight, like... The mm-hmm. look of the '80s. I really liked how they, uh, how they kind of handled it. I know going into it, the poster for it and like the first couple trailers for it, mm-hmm. it very much looked like it was going to try to be the new uh, Thor Ragnarok with all the yeah. vibrant colors. Yeah, and I was really glad it was not. 
yeah. anything like Thor. In fact, the heavy 80s colors and all that is pretty much over with after the opening scene. So Yeah, there's like one <laughs> montage where they like get dressed up in wacky 80s clothes. Which is actually kind of funny to watch Chris Pine do that. Yeah, it's just Chris <laughs> Pine getting dressed up. But yeah, it's kind of funny. Uh, yeah, no, I I really enjoyed it. Um, I I think I preferred the the first one a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, but this the new one, I it was a blast. It was really cool. Yeah. My only complaint, it's funny that you said it's kind of cool that they're streaming it because the whole fucking movie, I was like, I really wish I was watching this on the big screen right yeah. now. Yeah. No, I do too. I really miss being in the theater and being having all the people around and yeah. being able we talked about it a little bit before, just having that experience and all laughing at the same thing, all being tense at the same thing. You can tell that there are very specific sequences in the new Wonder Woman as well that mm-hmm. were made to be experienced yeah. on the big screen. For so sure. not getting that was kind of a bummer, but it is what it is. Yeah, it is for sure. Yeah, like you, I I didn't love it as much as the first one. I was nervous when it first started because the part I liked the least, especially at the beginning, but kind of throughout, was the action and the like movement and everything. There was it, the physics were weird. Well, there was there was one shot, uh, and they show it in the preview or one of the previews that I felt like mm-hmm. of the whole movie. This is the only shot that I just felt looked weird and it's her running down the highway yeah it just it didn't it looked odd yeah yeah it's like it's something that you would see in like the flash tv show or something kind of yeah yeah i will say it was really cool how they handled a couple very specific wonder woman things yeah one of which i was waiting the Kristen wig thing huh the Kristen wig thing uh well she's awesome oh you're talking about the her gadgets yeah yeah the the gadget and the one of her powers finally yeah showing up that was really cool i didn't expect that which that showing up i was like well this is done better than like <laughs> every other movie that has this kind of thing in it yeah yeah that's <laughs> so i was glad true. the cgi for that mm-hmm. looked really well that's true that was probably the best cgi of the movie <laughs> yeah. yeah i like that a lot my favorite part of it was the story was really good. The story was really good. And the story was really clever, especially putting it in the 80s where that's when like consumerism really started and especially debt, it, right. like, consumer debt really started to increase. And yeah. so the whole movie is basically about wishing for what you don't have and not realizing what you're giving up for it or not appreciating what you do have and you're, yeah you're, I, uh, everything's a trade-off and you're you're losing something to gain another i i really liked how they handled the magic aspect yeah. of the story and the whole like as soon as you learn about all the magic that's not a spoiler don't worry guys yeah. it's, <laughs> it's a superhero movie it's a superhero movie uh, it's a post Shazam superhero movie to be more specific because Shazam really introduced magic to mm-hmm. the yeah. DC universe. So it was really cool, even though this takes place significantly before Shazam does. Yeah. But it was really nice already having kind of a mm-hmm. establishment of magic in this universe. So to see it get say, used in that way. Suicide Squad kind of did too. 
Kinda. But oh yeah, yeah. I mean, Enchantress is very magic-y, but it wasn't done as well, so it's easy to forget. <laughs> right. Uh, no, I I really did enjoy Wonder Woman though, minus the one shot of mm-hmm. her running down the road. It just it did look weird. Mm-hmm. But I don't know the the humorous parts in it. Yeah. were very humorous. Mm-hmm. It was uh, I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, you can't go wrong. Gal Gadot's incredible. And uh, Kristen Wiig's really good in it. Kristen Wiig is really good in like this movie. She, Kristen mentioned that Kristen Wiig makes a really good um, character in that movie, for sure. Yeah, I, I really liked... I mean, her character is kind of handled as a... Kind of a cliche way of, like, a superhero villain. Mm-hmm. You know, start off kind of... Well, that's kind of how Cheetah is. She's kind of a frenemy yeah. in a lot of cases. Um, but yeah, I thought, I thought Kristen Wiig did the progression of that character really well. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited. Like it's kind of cool knowing that Kristen Wiig is a part of this universe. Yeah. So depending on what Warner brothers decides to do mm-hmm. post Snyder cut justice league, yeah. I think that'll be the dividing line. <laughs> yeah. and they're probably waiting to plan anything until they're like, do we go in that direction or do we stay on the track we're on? Um, I did think one thing because I heard that Simon Snyder said something about there's they still would be interested in getting in doing the, his full vision, and, yeah, and still getting Ben Affleck back to do Batman and his vision for that, and so I think a lot of things are in the air. Yeah, it'll be really interesting in the coming couple of years. Um, one thing that I I was kind of surprised, well, maybe I shouldn't say because it it's more spoilery mm-hmm. i won't say it <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but no it, it was a lot of fun i thought i i really you know i know warner brothers has kind of teamed up with hbo max to stream everything at the same time mm-hmm. as theaters open up again next year and yeah uh that's cool for the convenient side of it yeah but for me i kind of hope it's not a lasting thing just because you really miss out on the experience of the theater. I'm not as worried about streaming services releasing things the same day. I think, I mean, you could end up in a case where you do both, I guess. But I, yeah, I really don't want theaters to go away. And it makes me sad and nervous about how much they're struggling. And yeah. a lot of companies are like going bankrupt and all this stuff. Like that's a significant problem. What I'm really hoping for. Well, obviously, I want theaters to come back, and I want theaters to come back booming. Yeah. Um, and I, I kind of feel like it could happen just because everyone's been locked up. So as soon yeah. as stuff opens up again, and they're itching to get back. Yeah, I, I think, I think we'll get theaters back. It might take a little bit just to get the kind of crowds, but mm-hmm. um, I kind of find myself thinking it might be really cool to see. Like drive-ins making a huge comeback, it might be cool to drive-ins see. Drive-ins seem ideal for this situation, right? Yeah, and I also started thinking it'd be really neat if like small local people mm-hmm. started opening up their own theaters. Yeah, which is a perfect segue to <laughs> the episode, but we'll we'll get there in a bit. Uh, yeah, I just I kind of thought like, ooh, maybe we'll get kind of like a that seventies and eighties surge of theater going and stuff so i was like this could be something cool i just i don't want theaters to go away so yeah watching wonder woman on a smaller screen Mm -hmm. although very happy that i was able to watch it yeah it's better than having it delayed constantly right right (laughs) uh 
I will say if you happen to be somewhere where theaters yeah. are open, I would recommend seeing it in the theater. Yeah. And yeah, and support your theaters so that yeah. they, they know that they they still are missed and needed and all that stuff. Because they are. <laughs> yeah. But as far as Wonder Woman, it's a cool movie. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. Uh, I, I kind of feel like Patty Jenkins should just... <laughs> <laughs> I would say she's, she's been the most successful with the, the DCEU yeah, universe, for like, sure. Depending on what Snyder's vision turns out to be. or mm-hmm. But she's already kind of hinted that she's trying to stay somewhat in line oh while doing her own thing but yeah she's been trying to handle the character of wonder woman to Mm -hmm. basically constantly fit into snyder's vision yeah which is really interesting and kind of cool especially after seeing 84 yeah just kind of having a like ooh, this could be Mm -hmm. this could be interesting yeah Uh, yeah it'll be interesting to see where it goes especially after the the big event happens and the uh, Snyder cut comes out <laughs> which you know we will be doing a yeah <laughs> maybe we'll yeah we'll have to figure out how we're gonna do that maybe we'll do our DCU rants then also like leading into it yeah and then post it yeah or post that's Snyder probably cut. a good call we'll figure it out we, we, we're deciding on the spot right now. <laughs> we don't have to do it right now so yeah, you want to get into this episode? Let's get into the episode. So this episode, we're talking about Jim Carrey. Yeah, we the are. The great James Carrey. <laughs> Man, I I didn't get to watch all of his movies, but I've watched the vast majority of them. <laughs> yeah, I would say the same for me. I pulled all of the ones that he stars in yeah. and skipped the ones that he's like a, a second character in. And even those ones, I yeah, I didn't get through all of them. A lot of them I have never seen because okay. I kind of had skipped, especially later on, obviously. Yeah. Um, and so I tried to watch as many as possible, but with, especially with the holiday week, the it was dude, a yeah, crazy. the dude's got a ton of movies. I I was off work for a week and <laughs> was still like struggling to try and yeah. get normal stuff done and watch his library. It's like, God damn, this guy. Yeah, especially. 90s and like mm-hmm. two early 2000s that dude was working yeah constantly yeah yeah i looked through and kind of ordered his movies chronologically chronologically there it is just to see <laughs> just to see like what he was doing and yeah it was seemed like i mean 94 he blew up well fun fact i didn't know this until doing this mm-hmm. i'm sure you saw this stain or the Mm-hmm. This same man words suck. <laughs> <laughs> I blame you because you like fucked up the whole timing of it's true. You threw off the whole <laughs> <That's true. laughs> bastard. Uh, in '94, Jim Carrey had three number one movies. Yeah, so Dumb and Dumber, Ace Ventura, and The Mask. Right. I did not realize all three of those came out in '94. Yeah, let alone debut at number one. Yeah, and. The fun fact that I actually was in the middle of mentioning last week and decided to stop. Oh! So you mentioned The Mask was based on a comic book. Yep. Which is why we were talking about comic books last week. And I was going to mention a a crazy factoid about how massive 1994 was for those movies. And then I realized we're doing Jim Carrey next week. I'm going to (laughs) wait and tell you now. Um, But yeah, so The Mask, Ace Ventura, Dumb and Dumber all came out in 1994. Massive movies. So massive that all three of those movies in 1995 became animated 
Saturday morning cartoons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they each ran for, I mean, Dumb and Dumber only ran for one season. Uh, I think The Mask ran for three seasons. And then Ace Ventura was two seasons. Yeah. And Jim Carrey didn't voice them. But yeah, he, just the uh, fact that he had three, his characters had three Saturday morning cartoons on at the same time after three massive movies, like the dude was well, and it was crazy. Also, monster. like, so Ace Ventura was the first of those that came out. Yeah, and I, I'm trying to make sure I have the the timeline right. His original pay was not super Hollywood style yet because mm. he wasn't huge. Yeah. And then Ace Ventura comes out, debuts number one, and he was able to negotiate a base pay of twenty million fucking dollars. Yeah, which he's, from what it sounded like when I was reading, he's kind of stuck with that mm. base pay. Yeah, uh, but it's crazy how I can't imagine what it must have done to him, like mentally. Yeah, I know initially because he blew up so much, he was breaking records with how much he was getting paid. Yeah, well, I mean, to go from like yeah. people absolutely sold on the fact that he's going to be a failure and his movies are just like, he's never going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And then in one year, he's got three number one hits and everyone's like, uh, this guy's pretty much going to own Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think that you're right. What does that do to your psyche? I know. Especially, I mean, we kind of talked about M night in the M night episode peaking that early. How do you maintain it? Well, and the nice thing, I mean, Jim Carrey really, sustained mm-hmm. success i mean he's had a couple that people haven't been too thrilled about but yeah. for the most part he's pretty awesome yeah it was like it it really took me off guard i was really excited so the very last one that i watched of his mm-hmm. was once bitten okay did tell me you watched it. i did okay i did yeah so we both watched it for the first time this week is his like first starring role it, yeah it made in 1985 yeah I guess we can just get into stuff. Yeah. So let's just start with Once Bitten. Once Bitten was <laughs> fun to watch because, I mean, I'm going to probably say this a lot. Jim Carrey is the most, probably the best physical comedian ever. I mean, he... Very contestable. He's always, like, he his very first movie special, whatever, was called Rubber Face. And mm-hmm. it was basically, mm-hmm. like, his stand-up was always based on... Mm-hmm. The way he can contort his face and the impressions that he can do. I watched the trailer for that. Okay. I didn't watch the movie. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. it seemed so appropriate because his face his face is so cartoony. Right. But it's like everyone focused on that. But yeah, it's his whole body. I mean, yeah. the dude is a living cartoon. Mm-hmm. Which makes a lot of his movies yeah. a ton of fun to watch. Yeah, a lot of his movies, especially the early on, and it makes perfect sense why so many of them became cartoons based on the <laughs> right. characters that he embodied, because <laughs> it was just a natural transition. But yeah, Once Bitten was really kind of fun because he's super young. It was before uh, before he was even on In Living Color, right? So I thought he had like been on In Living Color and then he got his first movie, but he was. He didn't join In Living Color until 1990. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I had it kind of mixed up, too. I was actually also surprised. He did a lot of, uh, or a good handful of, like, supporting small roles. Mm. So he had a supporting role in a movie called Peggy Sue Got Married. Yeah. Um, Earth Earth Girls Are Easy. Earth Girls Are Easy. But the one that really kind of took me off guard Mm -hmm. 
He was in a lot of uh, Clint Eastwood. Well, not a lot, but he was in a couple of Clint Eastwood movies. Yeah, he was in the Deadpool, which is one of the uh, the Dirty Harry movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was in Pink Cadillac. And I was like, well, no wonder he does Clint Eastwood impressions all the time. <laughs> yeah, he worked directly with the dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, once, but okay, did it take you off guard? It was a lot raunchier than I was. Yeah. I, I had no notion of really what the movie was going to be. Yeah. It did. Um, it probably would have more if I hadn't relatively recently watched a very, very early Tom Hanks movie called Bachelor Party. <laughs> that it movie just, is super raunchy. It is super duper raunchy, especially <laughs> if you're not used to Tom Hanks being raunchy. It, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's also like, there's something I think about the 80s, 70s and 80s where it was <laughs> like... like who cares? But, yeah. <laughs> but once Fenton had some very funny moments in it, like it, it did give, uh, I know you are a huge fan of the very random, usually very quick, like mm-hmm. second long joke or whatever. Just yeah. a tiny detail. That's funny. Yeah, exactly. This movie has one that I focused on <laughs> and just, I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get well the premise of once bitten. Yeah. I guess we should give so that I when I say my fun detail it'll <laughs> make sense. But yeah, good idea. Uh so it's three friends who are trying to pick up women to get laid mm-hmm. in nineteen eighties LA. Yeah. And they're like college age <laughs> well high school depending age. on what point of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> they're either twenty one call in college. Mm-hmm. Or they're 18 and still in high school. It, yeah. they, I couldn't tell if that was on purpose or <laughs> if they literally forgot yeah. how old they made the characters. <laughs> but it was very odd. Yeah. Young is the answer. <laughs> they're young. Uh, so they're trying to pick up women. And there's this lead female vampire mm-hmm. called the Countess mm-hmm. who's prowling for virgin blood. Yeah, she's basically a cougar. <laughs> Like at the bar, and she <laughs> collects young mm-hmm. vampires that she has turned, and so that there's a scene where she's talking to her her collection of vampires. Mm-hmm. Well, not not her. Sorry, her very stereotypical, yeah, <laughs> flamboyant gay butler mm-hmm. who you can't tell is a vampire or a human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he like, might be a familiar. But you can't, you have no clue. He's like basically tucking in all the vampires. He's putting them to bed. Put them to bed, yeah. (laughs) But there's a quick shot of one of the vampires. I hope you notice this. Grabs a stuffed animal (laughs) and cuddles with it as his coffin closes. I I lost it. As soon as I was like, well, that scene alone just made the movie worth watching. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It had a lot of, a lot of, fun interesting clever references to to vampire nests but also it was just kind of fun to see i mean jim carrey is jim carrey in it he's he, a, he really even is, though yeah. he's young he has all of the same energy and, you can see the uh the beginnings of what we're yeah. going to see 10 years down the road from that movie right yeah exactly <laughs> yeah i was glad that i watched it yeah it, it was funny but <laughs> Random detail that they chose that they never explain. He drives an ice cream truck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, and he's trying to get his girlfriend to like lose her virginity. She's like, I'm not going to do it in a car. 
What about an ice cream truck? <laughs> right. <laughs> the, the, the sex scenes, mm-hmm. which is that part, he gets out of the car and like every vehicle yeah. is obviously In on the hydraulics and they're all... <laughs> they're all rocking. Don't come a knocking. Yeah. It, it was funny. It I can't help but think that the people that made like American Pie, yeah, they had to have watched one spitting and Probably. been like, "This is what we're gonna do." Yeah, because as soon as you realize it's three friends trying to mm-hmm. lose her virginity, it's like, "Well, this is very familiar." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you and I are very familiar with early two thousands teen comedies. Yeah, and it's kind of fun to go back and see. Oh, eighties teen comedies were pretty much the same, <laughs> <laughs> just with actors you know at a much younger age. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, I I liked it. It's kind of tough to find, but if you happen to find it, I would I would recommend watching it because it it's worth it, especially if you're a Jim Carrey fan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think also if you're a Jim Carrey fan, you should check out the, his In Living Color sketches. Hundred oh, percent. So if you don't know, In Living Color was a show um, that the Wayne's brothers, Wayne's family, did, and <laughs> yeah. it's like a sketch show, and it was really fun, and it had. Um, David Allen Greer on it, it had Jim Carrey on it, and I think Jennifer Lopez was a dancer on it. Um, but it was, they did a bunch of funny sketches. You've probably seen the Fire Marshal Bill sketch. That's his most famous it, yeah. from the show. But he had a lot of, he did a ton of characters on that show. Yeah, it's where he really got to like flex his character muscle, because he does a lot of crazy characters. A lot of the elements from his characters on In Living Color actually translated to almost all of his yeah. 90s movies well mm-hmm. comedies yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah you have to watch in living color it genuinely is a very funny sketch comedy show as well yeah but if you've never seen it and you like jim carrey you need to go back mm-hmm. and watch his stuff because it's really cool to see it blossom from there yeah no i definitely agree um but speaking of blossoming like <laughs> <laughs> that was a weird segue <laughs> I didn't mean to make it weird. <laughs> it, was just, it sounded weird. <laughs> You're like, your tone got deeper. You're like, Speaking, Speaking of, of blossoming. <laughs> All right, well, I didn't even have a great segue. <laughs> it's still, and, and then it just derailed even more. Yeah. So Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Fuck yes. <laughs> All of Jim Carrey's movies, especially early 90s comedy movies, they were like the he they were like the playbook for kids in school that were the class clowns <laughs> not even <laughs> not even for the kids who were already established class count class clowns yeah it was kind of this like was a, like yes it's the how to allowed anybody to be this one. is what you should do <laughs> yeah learning from the master i suspect jim carrey was a, it's you can't have a kid with that energy and not be a class clown right it's kind of funny that you say that because in my notes, I have pretty much that same no way. note. Yeah. That's awesome. But mine is more in line of like watching Jim Carrey as Ace Ventura for kids, especially young boys who we are already mm-hmm. to embrace the stereotype. We're idiots. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you put a guy on screen talking with his butt. We're gonna. Every boy is going to do it because it's the most ingenious thing. But it was like the note I made was because I remember thinking this as well at that young age and watching Ace Ventura. How great would it be to have that kind of confidence Mm -hmm. where 
you know you're going to make someone laugh and you're going to make a lot of people just like yeah. walk away, but you got the ones to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what matters. Yeah. And especially because he's in the movie surrounded by adults who are playing it so straight and he's so off the wall crazy with all <laughs> like, of his. And from the back, <laughs> yeah. from the get go, from his, <laughs> his whole outfit and his hair and the way he talks, especially like. It's full of catchphrases so all of his yes. all of his early 90 movies have catchphrases and so ace ventura is no <laughs> exception yeah so it was the ace ventura was the first jim carrey movie i ever saw okay. which i i'm going to assume was mm-hmm. the case for a lot of people yeah our I th- age i do think that's probably true for me as well well i might have i probably saw batman forever first really because yeah my Parents generally didn't like me watching things that were super annoying, which was most of Jim Carrey's <laughs> stuff, and also things that were adults, which ha- he has a lot of adult jokes in his movies. Like, it's Ventura, he gets a, like, <laughs> violently sucked up by this lady. Yeah, it's, I mean, he jokes about it the whole time, and as an adult trying to figure out the physics of that, yeah. it's very difficult, right. but I appreciate the cartoony aspect of it. It is funny. Um, it, Yeah. That being my first Jim Carrey movie and mm-hmm. watching it with my mom and dad, because although it was PG-13, yeah, they still were like hesitant because they knew it was probably going to have some inappropriate humor. Yeah. Not wrong. Not wrong. <laughs> and it doesn't take long for you to realize that. Uh, it was because of Ace Ventura that every Jim Carrey movie there mm-hmm. after... My mom, especially, was very like hesitant to let me watch, but I have I have a story about that. Yeah, a handful of movies down the line, but yeah, Ace Ventura is. Oh my god, rewatching it again yeah. this week, I, I don't know that I will ever ever be able to watch it without laughing. Yeah, and quoting it because <laughs> it turns out, and I learned this this last week, I can quote most of his movies. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Um, but like, okay, I'm going to share an embarrassing, (laughs) (laughs) I'm ready for it. Embarrassing story. So, uh, two new years ago, right? Yeah. That sounds about right. My daughter was with me on new year's. Well, new year's Eve. So we were staying up till midnight, right? Woo. (laughs) She had just gotten to watch liar, liar. Okay. Which I was like, cool. And at the same time, like, really? (laughs) Yeah. You know, asking her mom like, yeah. really? Yeah. Side liar, note. Liar? Side note on that. I always remember because it, liar liar is about <laughs> him like learning to be a good dad and his cuts kids in it. I always remember it as like a family movie. But watching it, I'm well, like, this is very not, raunchy scene. Yeah, this is a Jim Carrey comedy <laughs> yeah, movie. Yeah. He just happens to have a kid. And, and the scene that had flashed in my head was like after he's had sex with his boss, and mm-hmm. she's like, "How was that?" And he's like, "Oh, I've had better." Mm-hmm. So I was like telling my daughter's mom, like, you let her watch. Li- I mean, okay. Mm-hmm. And she like joked about, yeah, I forgot about some of the jokes in it. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Yeah. Happens. Well, New Year's, mm-hmm. I decided like, well, my daughter, her mom's okay with like branching her out on some of the stuff. She really liked Liar Liar. Mm-hmm. And my brain totally like lapsed in better judgment. Yeah. It was like. We're just going to have a Jim Carrey marathon. Oh, no. (laughs) As someone who just had a Jim Carrey marathon? (laughs) Yeah. And we started off with Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, because one, my my kid loves animals. Right. 
So I was like, you're going to love that aspect. And mm-hmm. you love, you really like Liar Liar. So you're going to love watching Jim Carrey mm-hmm. really no holds bar. Yeah. <laughs> this dude is, <laughs> they, they let him off the leash completely for his like, yeah. first blockbuster. And then the blowjob scene happened. And I was like, well, that's going to go over her head. Yeah. So I'll, I'll probably get away with that one. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a full actual sex scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's loud. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I had that moment where the scene is happening. Mm-hmm. My child is sitting next to me. I'm trying to find the remote so I can skip the scene, but I can't find the remote. Mm-hmm. She's laughing. I'm screaming, cover your eyes, cover your eyes. <laughs> I find the remote just in time for the scene to conclude. And my daughter is just dying of laughter. <laughs> and she's like, dad, I know they were having sex because she had also <laughs> recently gotten the full talk. Okay. <laughs> so I'm like, this might be the most awkward moment for me. <laughs> like, huh? <laughs> yeah. And that's, we, we continued on with our Jim Carrey night. Because I figured, like, You've seen it all, all the other ones that we were going to watch, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're they don't get that bad. They're basically all on that level, <laughs> except for me, myself, and Irene. Which she did not watch. That's good. She did not. Our marathon was Ace Ventura, 1 and 2, Liar Liar, and Bruce Almighty. There you go. Good call. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, yep. Yeah. <laughs> I was like... Ugh. And then I had to laugh, and I, I told her mom about it. And mm-hmm. As soon as I was like, yeah, we watched Ace Ventura, her mom had the same moment I did. Mm-hmm. She was like, really? The thing I always wonder about Ace Ventura, especially with kids watching it, the newer generations watching it. Yeah. Are they Do they get the reveal? Do they get the, the Ein... Okay, so... <laughs> the Finkel Einhorn... My daughter did. Okay. And as soon as, like the the reveal is shown my daughter burst out into laughter at the same time being like that's so gross yeah (laughs) which is yeah which is how he plays it (laughs) yeah her her whole thing i mean if you haven't seen ace ventura Mm -hmm. what what are you doing with your life but i feel like we're probably gonna get spoiler heavy yeah we probably just should spoil everything yeah might as well Especially early 90s, Carrie. If you haven't seen them, yeah. get out from under your rock Stop and go watch this them. now. Go watch <laughs> it. Uh, Monica wasn't grossed out that it's like, oh, it's actually a dude. Mm-hmm. She was grossed out that they show you, like, <laughs> the bulge. Yeah. <laughs> Which was also another embarrassing moment for me. Because <laughs> yeah. she screamed, oh, gross, it's a penis. And I was like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it is <laughs> pretty gross. You remember that, right? Boys Carry are gross. that with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's really funny. But she got it. She she understood it. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, I always I I laugh every time with that, and I will never after having seen it and know it. You'll never watch the movie the same way because they telegraph it in the funniest ways. <laughs> the like apples and the, the banana. F- fruit on the desk. <laughs> Just the way things are like arranged and well, comments that are made. It's so funny. Your gun is digging into my hip. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, it's so funny. And my other favorite part about Ace Ventura is, uh, and probably one of his best 
especially establishing physical comedy um, scenes is when he goes to the mental institution Dude. as the he goes with Courtney Cox. So super young Courtney Cox is in it, and uh, <laughs> the way he plays at, like at Shady the, Acres. Yeah, I am with you. The way it's he the plays the, the the guy who needs to be at this asylum because he's legit crazy. And uh, <laughs> it just lets him go untethered, full bore, crazy yeah. Jim Carrey. I feel like they had to have learned very early on with Jim that he's not going to stip, like stick to a script. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to improvise everything, and even then, mm-hmm. he's going to take it up to so many other levels. And reading production notes of people that have worked with him on his comedies, they all yeah. seem to say, like, yeah, he just randomly does stuff. <laughs> You're just like, what? And it turns out half of the time those moments make it into the film yeah. because they're the best. But It's because he's a genius and he that knows whole what's funny. sequence mm-hmm. is beyond incredible. And I'm with you. I I can never watch that whole sequence without just being in pain from laughing. Mm-hmm. But what gets me every time is just is how he concludes it. The bench. <laughs> the bench. Uh, that's exactly. What oh I was my god! <laughs> when he face plant, I mean, the sound of it. Yeah. Is like. <laughs> I'm trying not to die after right now. I just. It's yeah. so fucking good. I. Wouldn't be surprised if that's his actual face sound, too, because I, I did read a thing in Liar Liar when he's beating he, himself in the they bathroom. They didn't use any sound effects. Yeah, that's just the sound of him hitting his head on the bathroom stalls and tile. And, <laughs> and the floor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, him face playing into that bench is just... But on top of that, I mean, it still blows me away when mm-hmm. he does the uh, let's watch that and replay stuff. Yeah. And he does the backwards. Everything reverses. <laughs> I'm like, I remember as a he kid. He does every trying, piece. I know. He does it all perfectly. And I remember as a kid trying to like, I bet I could do that. Yeah. And you never can. It's harder than you that think. That dude tapped into something. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I've never seen anyone else pull off what he did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That detective is so fucking hilarious. it's truly amazing <laughs> and a, a really good idea of a guy's solving pet problems and is the only one qualified to figure out when the miami dolphins mascot goes missing <laughs> and dan marina <laughs> i mean and yeah at no point is anything in that movie not just like <laughs> this is great mm-hmm. back when studios were just like yeah have fun i guess i don't know <laughs> It'll be good, we promise. <laughs> now, what's interesting about that movie to me, too, though, mm-hmm. and I didn't know this until this last week when I was reading stuff about it. Yeah. Um, If you have the current, like, Blu-ray or the old VHS, which, who still has a VHS? I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Or if you watch it streaming, apparently it is missing the scene where he pretends to be mm. the new trainer. Oh. Did you have that scene? trainer? Yeah, or the the dolphin trainer. Yeah. When he oh, the goes into the German accent. Mm, I vaguely remember it, but I don't know if I saw it this way. Okay. So it turns out that the DVD release, yeah. like the old uh, like click case or whatever it was called. Mm-hmm. That's probably... I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but that one has that scene. Okay. Like kept into the movie, but they took it out of the TV area yeah. or 
not the TV airing, but like the Blu-ray and all that. Because mm-hmm. I thought like I should probably upgrade this to my to a Blu-ray because I have the DVD. Yeah. And then I found out that it's missing that scene. I was like, well, I'm not upgrading to a Blu-ray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there are actually a lot of different versions of his movies. Like, yeah. I was looking at, I forget what I was looking at. I was looking at Dumb and Dumber, for one thing. If you watch it on TV, it's got a couple of, like, yeah. added things. And, like, every everywhere you watch it is different. So, like, I think TBS takes out the most. Yeah. And then, like, Freeform or whatever took out some stuff. And streaming is, like, the extended cut. And then it's kind of, it's so weird. It, yeah, it's weird how, depending then, where you watch his places movies. Are like, this is inappropriate or this is <laughs> just you can't put it in there it doesn't really seem to be for time it seems to be for content mostly, it, yeah which is weird but watch the dvd the old like yeah first print of the dvd because it has him as a german dolphin trainer on the field yelling at the reporters <laughs> it's awesome <laughs> <laughs> i don't I, I mean i like the first one more than the second one but that second one is still the second one's really funny I, um, the thing that sticks out to me the most though is the rhinoceros scene <laughs> that's the grossest most fake thing I've ever seen <laughs> like you're looking at this guy coming out of the butt of a rhinoceros the way his arms flail out of the butthole of the rhino yeah. is amazing and the rhino is this stationary obviously staged set piece uh, yeah. that's Makes it even funnier. <laughs> With the family pulling over. Yeah. Oh, it's giving birth. And it's a guy screaming and flailing. <laughs> yeah. It's, I don't know. It surprises me how gross it is for something that's so obviously yeah. being silly. Should we just segue into when nature calls? And Might then as go well. back to We don't have to go in any order, so we can just do nature calls. Well, let's just do nature calls. So it nature calls is the very rare Mm-hmm. sequel for Jim Carrey because he's got a pretty like yeah. adamant I'm not repeating mm-hmm. these characters but he did it because he was under contract okay. which is weird to me because when I was reading about it he was not a fan of this one Okay, but watching it mm-hmm. I was like you would never tell it's like the Peter Sellers yeah. Inspector Clouseau thing again where you're like right. you can't tell that he's not enjoying himself he's still like, well he's incapable of not committing 100% <laughs> right yeah I, I like When Nature Calls. Uh, I do prefer Pet Detective mm-hmm. more. But When Nature Calls is still... Man, it's got some of the funniest scenes in it. Yeah. It's a different writer-director, too. Which I think can make it feel different. But yeah, it works pretty well. I do really like <laughs> the whole Like a Glove gag <laughs> that they have yeah. throughout the whole movie. <laughs> is amazing. But my favorite part of that... <laughs> Is the most random cutscene to just the Jeep <laughs> rolling over and flipping through the air. Yeah. And like, there's no, you don't see him drive, it just cuts to it crashing. <laughs> like a glove. Like a glove. And yes, the rhino scene. I think that's the scene that everyone <laughs> remembers the most from that movie. It does stand out. I, I personally love the dinner party scene Pro- that might be my favorite part of the whole movie yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. just the idea of all these like rich snobs <laughs> and in the middle is ace ventura who's just <laughs> immediately <laughs> as offensive as you can get yeah <laughs> well assent- yeah essentially yeah it kind of recreates the original original one where it goes with her to that 
that rich guy's party. He's <laughs> yeah. in the bathroom and he's like, do not go, <laughs> go in, in there. there. Woo! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which everybody does. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which was a, no guy, especially, yeah. <laughs> he comes out of a bathroom and doesn't do the yeah. the giant wave of the hand. <laughs> Exaggerated, yeah. <laughs> um, but him punching the <laughs> Monopoly man and yeah. throwing him over as like his... Mm-hmm. Short or whatever they're called, like scarf. <laughs> I just love that. I, yeah. I really do. <laughs> and I do like it. Was I felt weird because one aspect of it that I really liked about the sequel was you know he's afraid of bats. It's something you mm-hmm. learn about Ace Ventura. Yeah, little character growth. It, yeah, he's terrified of bats, and he has to save a sacred bat. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Carrie hated that and thought it was stupid. I'm oh, like, really? son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if he loves all animals, then you would uh, assume he's not afraid of any. Right. I mean, Maybe. he still like even has the line Everybody's of like, oh, I'm still going to save it. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you flying demon. Yeah. <laughs> in the Plays cave. it so well. Him in the cave. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's so great when he's got his medallion that he's supposed to have for meditation. Heaves that into the dark. As long as I have my torch. <laughs> <laughs> Stay back, spawn of Satan. <laughs> <laughs> His, like, delivery of lines, and I think that's why they're so quotable. Like, if you just said it normally, if you said, oh, that guy's a loser, nobody, <laughs> nobody cares. Right. But if you go, he's a loser. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know how he does it. Or, all righty then. Oh, I mean, all righty then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't. <laughs> and for our generation, <laughs> especially, again, boys, like. Yeah. None of us can say any of these kinds of lines without trying to impersonate yeah. him. It makes it so fun to say. <laughs> it's just a good time. I yeah, I forgot that when Nature Calls was came out the year after the first one. Yeah, it seems like there's a gap in between them for some reason. But well, I mean, the dude had so he had Ace Ventura maybe comes he out had three movies in between, <laughs> right? That. And then he's got the mask. He's got Dumb and Dumber. Then Batman Forever. Yeah. And then When Nature Calls. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, at that's what like, point did you have a break from filming? That's normally for <laughs> at least four to eight years for normal people. <laughs> right. I'm like, did you just film all of this at the exact same time? Like, yeah. force everyone to share a set? <laughs> yeah. They didn't. I, and, I looked it up. And I also read that he, did, he didn't stop doing In Living Color. So yeah, he, In Living Color continued to run through 94 where he was filming all those all three movies and he was on every episode or in, on every Right, he was still doing the show. Yeah, which is he's a workaholic, I guess. <laughs> definitely. But I guess if you're trying to establish yourself, he definitely established himself. Right. Mission accomplished there. Well, let's uh let's jump back to 94. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about the mask because That's the one I was going to bring up. I assume that's where you're going. Yeah, the <laughs> One of my favorite things about Jim Carrey is how he can turn on the craziness, but also play a super straight person. And it was, he got to like kind of do that with Stanley Ipkiss as yep. this like bank teller who's unassuming and boring and uh, he, he, shy. His and, character's so sad to yeah, watch. He's really <laughs> sad. And so, yeah, then you really kind of do root for him when he finds 
a mask infused with the spirit of Loki and, right. and it becomes a literal cartoon. Yeah, him as Ipkiss. Every time I watch it, though, I'm like, mm-hmm. this movie's so fake. Not because of the mask aspect or the mm-hmm. cartoon aspects, but Cameron Diaz <laughs> coming in and like, yeah, just zoning in on him. I'm like, no, <laughs> no. that doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also Cameron Diaz at the hottest she's ever been. <laughs> like, she's pretty hot in this movie. She, yeah, she which is, is shitty of me to say because it's her first movie. <laughs> It is what it is. She's <laughs> wicked hot in this movie. You almost forget that it's Cameron Diaz because she doesn't. Yeah, she doesn't even really look the same. Yeah, she doesn't really look the same. And not, yeah, not to. Uh, I lost the word. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. she's hot in the mask. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not that big of a Cameron Diaz fan. Yeah. So that's probably why I feel that way. Yeah. Um. But yeah, she's she's actually pretty cool in this one. And then yeah, you're totally right though. To like focusing on the guy who doesn't want like anything to do he, he with... wears fucking cartoon ties uh-huh. <laughs> like no no <laughs> yeah <laughs> but to see him actually become like a literal cartoon is like it's, it's perfect so good especially for perfect for jim carrey because it's i mean same as ace ventura just next level where he can go 100 percent right rubber and face basically he really no one else could have played mm-hmm. that character no one right because no one <laughs> is a living cartoon yeah. especially in the 90s right i mean yeah his transformation especially that first one mm-hmm when he comes up and he, you know <laughs> somebody stop me <laughs> Wearing the suit and all that, like, as a Jim Carrey fan, especially for uh, us at that age, I mean, yeah. you come off of watching Ace Ventura or whatever first mm-hmm. one you saw, <laughs> you're already a super fan, and then you get to see him as this, like, invincible living cartoon, mm-hmm. and yeah, With you're a just whole like, bunch of new catchphrases. <laughs> yeah, like, you're like, this is the greatest thing in the world. Smoking. Smoking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, Ma, I'm roadkill. <laughs> yeah, I love the you mentioned invincible gags. I love yeah. when he swallows the bomb. <laughs> His solution to solve the bomb problem is he just ingests it and explodes inside of him, and he absorbs it because he's a cartoon. When all the gangsters are shooting him up from behind the bar, and he hops out, <laughs> did you miss me? And he drinks the, like, orange juice or whatever, and it's, I guess not. It's all spraying Full out of, of him. Holes. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's really genius. Yeah, I, uh... <laughs> yes. This movie gave kids a whole new arsenal of mm-hmm. obnoxiousness, yeah. which I think is why so many parents yeah. were not Jim Carrey fans, because they realized, like, our children are going to be running around yeah. being this guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, and parents don't have energy for that. Yeah. No, it's not a good recipe between between the intense energy and the generally always a handful of lewd jokes. <laughs> it's a right. recipe for disaster for children. But weirdly, a cornerstone of our childhood at the same time. <laughs> Jim Carrey movies in the 90s is such a perfect, like, example of the oddity, mm-hmm. or not oddity, 
inconsistency of our upbringings. Yeah. <laughs> because we've said it before, the houses we were raised in, mm-hmm. our parents were not big fans of a lot of the like mm-hmm. heavy secular stuff, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. But they let us watch Jim Carrey. They let us watch, you know, action movies and all this other stuff yeah. that we've talked about before. But It's also impossible... To keep kids away from Jim Carrey in a lot of senses because he's so childlike and because kids latch onto the catchphrases. So all your friends are like talking about it and how great it is. And so, yeah, you kind of get sucked in regardless. <laughs> Heavily. And the mask. <laughs> I would actually say that of the mid 90s Jim Carrey boom. Yeah. The mask, oddly, and I say this mm-hmm. with a little like hesitation but it might be the most appropriate one <laughs> of his mid-90s arsenal yeah that includes him as the riddler in <laughs> batman forever your favorite batman movie of all time i never said this <laughs> i ne- never once said this <laughs> stop putting lies out on the internet that's there was sarcasm there okay <laughs> okay <laughs> there was a heavy dose of sarcasm all right but he I rewatched that one too, and I was yeah. like, "Oh, he makes a lot of <laughs> like comments and jokes that mm-hmm. I did not catch." I mean, he's got a whole thing with the box where he's like, "I want your sexual desires," and you're like, "Yeah, this is odd because he's wearing a skin tight leotard." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah um, weird. But back to the mask. Back to the mask. <laughs> this was another one, especially as a kid watching this, where it was like, like with Ace Ventura, it gave kids more of that kind of desire to be that obnoxious and confident mm-hmm. yeah. in it where you're just like, I can be this way. Mm-hmm. It's going to be funny. Yeah. And people will find be... it funny. It has a proven <laughs> track record of fun. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just need a green mask, a yellow zoot suit. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. the ma- I mean, rewatching it with like my daughter on that new year's mm-hmm. and then rewatching it again this week. I don't know why. I always forget. It's his first night out as the mask. Yeah. And he's in the alleyway with all the gangsters. Mm-hmm. And he's pulling, like, the balloons out. Mm-hmm. And he pulls out a a used condom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, as a kid, you don't get. Yeah. And your parents definitely don't tell you what it is. Yeah. As a parent, when I watched that scene with, you know, watched the movie and that scene came up with my daughter... She just kind of was like, what was that? And I totally did the, like... Oh, nothing. Oh, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but watching it again, and knowing it was coming up, I was like, okay, I have to know. Is it actually used, or is it just, like, a condom that he pulls out? Yeah. And so I, I made sure to focus on it. It's used. I can't believe I'm a glad- PG-13 movie got away. I'm glad you did the research <laughs> for all of our listeners. I, I- I'm just blown away that they got away with yeah. showing a used condom. Yeah. In 94 mm-hmm. in a movie that in a PG-13 in movie. PG-13. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they got away with a lot of stuff. <laughs> Did you know him and uh Cameron Diaz, the the whole dance scene mm-hmm. in the club minus the obvious like obviously she didn't the actually spin. Yeah. yeah. But they did, like, that's actually Jim Carrey and Cameron yeah. Diaz swing dancing in that scene. No. Yes. That's cool. I thought that was a fun little, like, hey, good on you guys. Yeah. Yeah, that is cool. 
take the time to learn swing dance. And yeah, I think everyone wishes they could watch like a a real version of the big <laughs> dance with the officers. <laughs> yeah, yeah that would be good. So now <laughs> the most quotable comedy <laughs> yeah. of the 90s. Killer boots, man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and there's something special uh, about I mean, the Farley Brothers movies, for one thing, have a style to them. They're already kind of weird and silly and lewd and very immature i think they lend themselves very well to jim carrey (laughs) especially well i mean this was like this was their first big hit this Mm -hmm. was or first big movie really yeah Uh, it is kind of funny to think that jeff daniels his agents yeah were all actively trying to talk him out of doing the movie well jeff daniels was a serious serious actor actor, and they were like jim carrey's gonna ruin your career this movie's gonna be the biggest flop of all time don't do it yeah but he was adamant to do it and (laughs) who's laughing now (laughs) yeah jeff daniels turns out is a smart cookie (laughs) yeah dumb and dumber is man this is such a painfully funny movie to watch anytime yeah (laughs) I, i could watch it any day, all day. Quote the entire... Know the entire thing by heart. <laughs> but it's such... It's always funny to It's me. just so good. I will say, going back to what we were talking about, the uh, different versions that are out there. Yeah. This is one of the very rare occasions when I don't actually prefer the extended version. Okay. I feel like it doesn't add that many funny things, and I feel like it actually kind of hurts the characters in a little way. You're talking with the alternate... Uh, bathroom scene there's like a yeah there's several different added scenes to it um yeah the 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 bathtub scene is like the probably the biggest one yeah but then there there are other ones the like the sea bass burger spit scene is you actually like see the tobacco and stuff come out and then he actually takes it and decides to eat (laughs) it which is a weird thing um but yeah there's just there's a lot of like little things and i think that the pieces that are added make the characters and the friendships a little bit more it makes the friendship a little more harsh i think or makes them harsher with each other yeah and so it's less endearing towards i I would agree with you i remember i was excited to watch the unray because it came out like mid 2000s Mm. i because i was working at the video store when it came out and i was like hell yeah i'm gonna watch an extended version of dumb and dumber this is great and then like the alternative version of the scenes yeah the one that stood out to me was the bathroom scene, the infamous. Oh, you're talking about the the men's bathroom. It, scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the bathroom bathtub scene. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, definitely the men's. But they scene. they changed it. I mean, it was yeah. different, and I was like, you took out the best sound effects to add a couple other stupid things. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. <laughs> Watch the yeah the normal the original cut because it's so much better which is weird for us to say because normally we're like you have generally when i love something so much i'm like give me more of it whatever it is and i'll i love the extended cut director's cut unrated whatever it is i don't care but yeah for some reason this one the it doesn't it i think the jokes don't add in to that much and then it also kind of hurts it a little bit well and it doesn't help that considering when like that unrated or whatever mm-hmm. version came out, we were already able to quote the entire thing. Yeah. And to suddenly have parts where we're like, wait, <laughs> I can't. What? My whole <laughs> like universe just, is thrown off. It, yeah. No, I'm with you. The mm-hmm. 
the original cut, stick with that one because it's just so good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So this movie has one of my favorite scenes of all time in it. Yeah. And when I watched this with my daughter, I had told her, like, the beginning of the movie Mm -hmm. is one of the funniest beginnings of any movie ever. She was like, okay. And then the whole Austrian, let's put another shrimp on the Barbie. And she looked at me and she was like, dad, I went, he thinks she's Australian. She's not. (laughs) (laughs) She was like, okay. Cause young children still don't know. It's a geography joke. Yeah. (laughs) Which gets funnier (laughs) the older I get. Yeah. (laughs) Austria. But the jetway scene. Yeah. (laughs) I had told my daughter, it's okay. I'm, I'm a, a limo driver. driver. I I can't watch that scene without basically just already crying of laughter. Just, yeah. There's something about watching him flail out of the jetway. Just, it makes me so happy. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me so happy, too. <laughs> my, my favorite, like, I guess, character-defining scene of the movie... <laughs> Is when they're they're on the road trip they've started and they're talking about um, Harry's talking about how he doesn't bet. Oh, <laughs> it's such and, a great. And so Lloyd's like, I bet I could get you to gamble by the end of the day. <laughs> Give you ten to one odds. A <laughs> hundred to one. And so yeah, they, they gets him to make the bet, and then neither one realizes that <laughs> they've the actually bets. happened. <laughs> that he has lost and that he did bet. Uh, just their their pure like blindness or innocence or stupidity. But, I mean, they are true buffoons. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's not a word to just throw out. I mean, they legitimately are the <laughs> most buffoon-style characters. Yeah. <laughs> I, I constantly question, like, how did these guys make it to their 30s right. being this dumb? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I got worms. That's the name of our store. <laughs> I also love that scene. It's the smallest little thing, but he's like telling him about how like how like statistically it's more you're more likely to die on the way to the airport. He's like, and he's like watching her. He's like, I have this cousin. Well, I had this cousin. <laughs> and you see the explosion in the background. Uh. I love that scene, how calm Mary is. Just uh Lloyd, could you could yeah. you watch the road? <laughs> like there's explosions. There's cars almost crashing into them. That's it. Like my daughter can quote almost the entire movie. Nice. She she does it well where she purposefully avoids like <laughs> the language or some of the inappropriate jokes. But yeah, one of uh, one of the lines that gets her and I both just cracking up is after they've arrived in Aspen and they're freezing and they're like quote unquote homeless. At yeah. The end, right. <laughs> and Harry's like, my hands are numb. Oh, why don't you take this extra pair of gloves? <laughs> Jim Carrey's delivery of the like, you've had this pair of gloves this whole time. <laughs> yeah, we're in the Rockies. <laughs> like <laughs> his facial yeah. expression, the delivery of the line, <laughs> just the like matter of fact of it. Yeah, I will never not laugh at that line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I quote that line a lot, especially living in Cairo in right. the winter. Yeah, we're in the, the Rockies. Rockies. <laughs> and then when he's choking him out on the table. <laughs> Your hands are freezing! Your hands are freezing! <laughs> I mean, as a kid, when you're watching this movie, yeah. you are already just dying of laughter. And mm. Dumb and Dumber has this, like, 
special power to it where it gets you to laugh so hard that you hit that point where you stop breathing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there are times, although I know the movie pretty much by heart at this point in life, but like if I go a long period without watching it mm-hmm. and then watch it again, I will find myself hitting that moment <laughs> fairly consistently. <laughs> like, so I make sure not to watch the movie all the time, but yeah, I remember when I watched it with my daughter, she, I mean, she was crying during it. She just, she loved everything about it. (laughs) But then Harry goes on his, his date. Well, goes to pick up Mary for their date Mm -hmm. after he's drank the entire fucking bottle of Xbox. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I had told my daughter, like the scene. Mm hmm will be your favorite scene because it's every kid's favorite scene. Yeah. She was like, whatever, dad. (laughs) My daughter hit that moment of like not being able to breathe because she was laughing so hard Mm -hmm. and then took it up an extra notch and fell off of the couch (laughs) and hit the hardwood floor. Didn't care Mm -hmm. because she could not stop laughing. (laughs) It is the best. (laughs) It's like, I told you. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) <laughs> like watching Dumb and Dark, I mean, it's easily mm-hmm. the most quotable comedy of the '90s. Yeah, I. It's, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure it was my number one comedy in our comedy. I think episode. it was. Yeah, it's. Yeah, it's just so perfect and so magical, and I challenge anybody to it's, watch it and not laugh at something. It, I mean. If you watch that movie trying to look for, like, really intelligent humor, mm-hmm. you're probably going to hate it. Because <laughs> yeah. it embraces the stupid comedy. It embrace. I mean... It's in the title. It Yeah. <laughs> it's in the opening credits. Did you notice yeah. every word is misspelled? I always <laughs> notice. I always notice every word is misspelled, and it's so funny to me. You sold my bird to the blind kid? Pilly and Forcey. <laughs> it's okay. I took care of it. I took care of it. Petey didn't even have a head. <laughs> Pretty bird. Pretty bird. Oh my God, I love it. The worst duct tape job. Too. Yeah. You think if you were blind, you'd be able to feel it, the tape. <laughs> you would think. <laughs> but I feel that would ruin the heart of the movie. It's true. <laughs> It, yeah, it's just a small, like, two-second joke, but it works. <laughs> the, the whole, like, the hot tub scene, the, the original hot yeah. tub scene. <laughs> What's the problem, Harry? Some little filly break your heart? <laughs> that was a no, girl. That was a girl. Harry, what if he'd shot you in the face? <laughs> yeah, what if he shot you in the face? <laughs> I, I love his response. Like... <laughs> Okay, kill him! (laughs) She touched my leg. (laughs) Oh my god. I might go and watch it. (laughs) This is the part of the episode where we just quote Dumb and Dumber for the next hour. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) I feel like we could. From the beginning, I'm driving to the university and I have my driver's a little bit lost. (laughs) (laughs) It's also funny to me... uh, Farley Brother movies tend to take place in Rhode Island. I, that's like where they're from. I didn't realize it really until I watched me, myself, and Irene. And yeah. I was like... The Rhode Island State Police. Yeah. <laughs> I I would argue that me, myself, and Irene mm-hmm. may have been the last really, really good Farley Brothers movie. Or Farley Brothers movie. Okay. 
That's probably true. I wasn't a big fan of Shallow Hal. Yeah. Yeah. And I refused to watch uh, their movie about the Three Stooges. Oh, yeah. Because I love the Three Stooges and I just yeah. couldn't. It wasn't the same. Yeah, I couldn't do it. Yeah. No, that's not <laughs> I, uh, I Well, I mean, now they're making serious movies. Well, one of them is the Green. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Green Book. Which that, that was actually super good. Yeah. <laughs> that was really fucking good. Yeah, I always feel like me, myself, and Irene came out earlier than it did because it is very much like the 90s energy of Jim uh, Carrey, but it's weirdly late in his career and it's weirdly between all of his dramas that we're going <laughs> to get to. He did the, the few dramas and then he did, well, he did two dramas. Yeah, he did two dramas. two dramas, and then he did Me, Myself, and Irene, and then he did Man on the Moon, which is... He did Man on the Moon before uh, he did The Majestic right after. Okay. He did Truman Show, Man on the Moon, Me, Myself, and Irene. Yeah, okay, that's what it the was. The Majestic. Um, well, we brought up Me, Myself, and Irene, so we might that's as well good, just... Go with the Farley Brothers thing. <clears throat> might as well. Yeah. I love Me, Myself, and Irene. I do, too. I, I love it. I came to it really late. Okay. Because... Uh, I always heard that it was like very adult and so I wasn't allowed to watch it for a very long time. And then I kind of lost uh, interest and didn't get around to it for a long time. And then I did watch it and I was like, wow, it is really adult. (laughs) Like very adult. (laughs) Like, yeah, when the the whole dildo thing that happens and how, yeah, there's a lot of adult things. But it's also really, really funny. And I really like... I really like him, and I really like his three black sons. <laughs> yes. And so how he... He's a funny motherfucker! And how they're like... They talk like street lingo, but they're like talking about very smart, historical, <laughs> psychological like well, the, theories the and young, consequences. I shouldn't say the younger one because they're they're twins. Well, they're, they're triplets. Yeah, they're all twins. Yeah. But yeah, there's one <laughs> the, that's younger. The largest of the three brothers there you go. is like struggling trying to figure out quantum physics, mm-hmm. and his two other brothers are giving him shit for it. Like, <laughs> like yeah, you dummy. <laughs> right. And every time I watch it, I'm like, I don't get it at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I think this is a really smart joke. It's, but it's, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, the way me and myself. Handles it. So I remember when it came out in the theater, mm-hmm. and I remember trying to convince my mom and dad to let me watch it. Mm-hmm. But then they saw that it was rated R, mm-hmm. and they said no, because I wasn't really, when it was in theaters, I had just been allowed to watch, like, Air Force One and The okay. Matrix, so my R-rated just openings R was, like, violence and maybe some language. Yeah. Me, myself, and I, being that my mom and dad were already kind of hesitant, especially my mom, when it mm-hmm. came to anything jim carrey yeah thanks to ace ventura (laughs) and dumb and dumber and the mask and ace ventura too (laughs) she was like it's r-rated and it's jim carrey no yep but then it came out on at that point video (laughs) and dvd home video and i convinced my mom to rent the movie Mm -hmm. and she agreed to it with one stipulation She had to watch it with me. Oh, no. <laughs> That's the worst stipulation. <laughs> so, we went, We rented it. Yeah. Her and I sat down to watch it. Okay. How old were you? Oh, man. It was, like, shortly after it came out. Yeah. 2000. 2000, so 
how old were we? <laughs> I don't know. How old I am know. I now? Stupid math. Let's see. 13, 14, 13, 14, somewhere around there. I had to have been 13 because we're on the younger side of. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> to my mom's mind, I'm still very innocent. Yeah. To reality side, <laughs> I'm a 13 year old boy mm-hmm. who I've learned some things at this point in life. Yeah. Things that every boy's mother would prefer them not to learn. Right. So watching me, myself, and Irene with my mom <laughs> is the biggest test of trying not to <laughs> laugh at any of the adult yeah. jokes. Yeah. Oh, I, no. What? I don't get it. I specifically, like, vividly remember <laughs> stifling breathing and, like, basically yeah. shaking of don't let her know that you get the erection joke. <laughs> Don't let her know. <laughs> yeah. Your whole future rides on this <laughs> moment. Your whole future rides on you not laughing at the funniest person in the world. <laughs> right. And I'm like, you're only allowed to laugh at like the slapstick scenes and uh-huh. only if they're the appropriate slapstick yeah. scenes. Yeah. When he pulls a dildo out of the bag and does, Whoa, did you have fun? <laughs> Don't laugh at that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty positive I failed mm-hmm. numerous times during it because there are some parts in that movie yeah. that you just. It's impossible. You can't not laugh. But uh, <laughs> yeah, watching that movie with my mom, probably mm-hmm. one of the most awkward things of my life. <laughs> yeah, and it it's so fun. as So he plays a character who is like super quiet and repressed and repressing all of his emotions like forms a split personality in him and his split personality is Hank, Hank who doesn't care he's basically doing a Clint Eastwood impersonation the whole time um, but yeah doesn't care we'll <laughs> say he's whatever like, be vulgar possibly one of the most vulgar <laughs> characters ever <Yeah>. written <laughs> and his introduction <laughs> is I mean, you understand with his introduction, mm-hmm. like, oh, this is very adult, inappropriate, R-rated movie. Because <laughs> before Hank, yeah. you get like one or two jokes and you just kind of, oh, yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. At Hank, <laughs> the whole Vagisil, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> yeah. got a little extra cheese on the taco. <laughs> I was going to say it, and then I was like. We don't have a rating system on the podcast. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if we did, we yeah. would be very, That's very true. hard R. People should know. Yeah, you should know. <laughs> now, I do... <laughs> him, like... Just the image of it is so fucked up, and mm-hmm. it's funny because of how fucked up it is, and it is Hank's introduction. Him whistling and stuffing the girl's head in the water. Yeah. And, like, just enjoy it. It's so <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. But I can't help but laugh at it, because he just looks so happy to do it. <laughs> yeah, his joy for being being careless, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Is, I mean, you get why it's, like, him as a character is freeing, and he's he's letting his whole his whole personality kind of out there, where it's been so repressed for so long. Right. It's, it's, it's very but entertaining. This is... This is another one where Carrie really kind of got let loose. Mm -hmm. He shows a ton of physical comedy, and now it's not just like cartoonish. Now it's dueling personalities. His whole fight with himself is so good. When he actually fights himself, it's very clever, especially where he's he like beats himself up, and then he like has to 
carry him he gets shot and he has to carry himself <laughs> to the car you mean i gotta carry your sorry ass yeah. <laughs> so he's like he can like barely walk and then he like switches personalities and like picks himself up walks out of the car goes back in yeah it's, it's so clever it is top-notch physical like mm-hmm. comedy that jim carrey pulls off with the dueling character i just yeah it reminds I, me of liar liar when he kicks his own ass in the right. bathroom but if he actually like, was two people doing that instead of just doing it to himself breaks his own finger stomps on his toe yeah <laughs> it's really clever i just yeah me myself and i i mean it's one of those movies it's it's so enjoyable to watch mm-hmm. don't watch it with your parents yeah or your kids or your kids <laughs> like just don't mm-hmm. <laughs> know your audience exactly. with this movie <laughs> yeah yeah it's I, it's a hard r farley brothers comedy it yeah but it, it need i mean i can't imagine why i've never seen an edited cut of it either. like no. the tv broadcast version yeah i don't think i would be able to watch it mm-hmm. because i know like <laughs> all the whole movie's gone like yeah Every scene with the three sons has to be taken out because they curse like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, every other word. I mean, the final line of the movie is, thanks for watching our motherfucking movie. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you see, I when I was reading about it, did you see uh, the fan theory that Hank is either A, breaking the fourth wall or knows that it's all a movie? No. So every time he's Hank mm-hmm. and he starts whistling, he's mm-hmm. whistling whatever song is oh. playing at that moment. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. I could totally see that then. So it's very like, oh, that could be. Yeah. Which adds to the like, mm-hmm. well, no wonder Hank just doesn't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He knows it's going to be okay because he's in a movie. That's interesting. Yeah. It's kind of weird having a... I'd really like to see them confirm that. Or didn't, like, just give us something. Yeah. But <laughs> That's clever. Yeah, me, myself, and I, I, I almost feel like it's almost a forgotten Jim yeah. Carrey comedy. You don't hear about it all that much anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I do think that... I mean, partly because it, it came out so much later, like, people remember fondly the early 90s. Yeah. If you think of Jim Carrey comedy, you think of early, like, mid-90s. Well, and it was like... He was PG-13 up to that point. Yeah. And R-rated comedies historically don't mm-hmm. do all that great. Yeah. That's at true, the theater. Too. That's true, too. And it, I mean, I'm going to go back to it, but it came out in an interesting point in his career where he had made the leap to very dramatic stuff and was right. killing it um, between Truman Show and Man in the Moon and The Majestic. And The Grinch came out the same year as... I mean, myself and Irene. <laughs> right. He and goes so from like, like super adult to super family friendly. People are like, uh, <laughs> no, we're going to see the Grinch. We're not going to see me, myself <laughs> yeah, and Irene. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a given. <laughs> I always forget that the line is in the movie. It's at the very beginning with the limo driver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where his wife leaves him for the driver, and he's like, but you said you'd eat whale blubber. And the driver's like, oh, she'll be eating blubber, all right, as soon as I free Willie. You're like, as a kid, you don't really get it. Mm -hmm. As an adult, it's very like, oh. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that is the sound you make through a good portion of that movie. (laughs) Oh. 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 (laughs) But he's holding the dildo. 
episode. Uh-huh. Did you have fun? That wasn't for me. That wasn't for me. <laughs> <laughs> that has one of those fun detail, like, well, I guess it's not detail, but it's just, there's something about the way he throws it behind him, mm-hmm. and it bounces on the two walls behind <laughs> him. The fact that the dildo bounces between yeah. the walls is just hilarious. Yeah, bouncing dildos are funny. <laughs> <laughs> this is why our podcast would be rated R. Yeah, that's true. You can't have bouncing dildos anywhere else. <laughs> that's true. How do we segue away from bouncing dildos? Um, hold on. I want to. This is a challenge. I feel like I can do this. <laughs> <clears throat> you know who else would find bouncing dildos funny? Andy Kaufman. Good segue! <laughs> I did it! <laughs> That's a good segue! Dude, Man on the Moon is very bittersweet for me. Yeah. Very bittersweet, because it's so good. Yeah. But it's the movie that you could argue broke Jim Carrey. Mm. I could see that. I was going to say it's bittersweet for me just because it's among the most sad movies in general. Because Andy It's Kaufman, a really sad movie. Andy Kaufman and his life and his comedy style and his like just the way that he saw the world was also kind of tragic right as well he uh we didn't grow up watching i mean he was passed away long before we were born yeah but um like watching actual clips of kaufman compared to man on the moon and knowing that jim carrey Mm -hmm. like andy kaufman's a hero of his and all that i Mm -hmm. mean yeah, very tragic movie where you're like, mm-hmm. Kaufman's comedy was great. Mm-hmm. If only he could have just been a little humble yeah. <laughs> or something. Like, you don't have to just keep pushing the envelope just mm-hmm. for the sake to entertain yourself. Yeah. You know, yeah. His, <laughs> it, his whole premise, I guess, essentially, if you were to wrap it up in a bow, would be that a lot of his bits were inside jokes. Yeah. And he's the only one, he or one or two other people were the only ones that actually knew knew the joke. And so it's, it's funny if you're in on the joke where I think when you're watching Man on the Moon, the audience is mostly in on the joke because you, I think they do a better job of having him break character and see um, what what he's doing and why he's doing it. Yeah. Whereas in reality, he never broke character and was the only one who knew that this was a joke and that's why he found it so funny for himself. And he really... I mean, Jim Carrey does such an incredible job in this movie of showing mm-hmm. his, like, carefree... Mm-hmm. That's almost too nice of a word. His uh, <laughs> arrogance. <laughs> yeah, his refusal to to change or become any more commercialized as a comedian, I guess. Yeah, which is it blows my mind that they wanted him to be on taxi on a sitcom and try to put him in this corporate network structure. And I mean, he talks about in the movie sitcoms is where comedy dies. Like sitcoms are not where you go to like create new comedy. Right. Which is a weird moment for me because like I like classic sitcoms and I like 90s sitcoms <laughs> like even some yeah. early 2000s they're, they're definitely funny and they're very popular because they they have good jokes but they also tend to be more safe jokes they are very safe and more often than not you're generally not pushing the envelope where Kaufman saw himself as very much pushing the right envelope. well he even talks at one point in the movie of like um having to up the ante on everything, you know. Mm-hmm. What what's what am I supposed to do after that? I'm 
Yeah. It's a, it's a great movie. It does a pretty good job of recreating a lot of the scenes. Yeah. Yeah, the other interesting thing is you can actually go and watch the actual scene where <laughs> like any of the scenes. You can go right. and watch his <laughs> mighty his mighty mouse bit. You can watch when he's wrestling women. You can watch when he's uh, feuding with uh, Jerry the King Lawler. Like he's it, seeing actually Andy do it and then see Jim Carrey do it. It's a really <laughs> awesome and accurate portrayal. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of crazy how good it is in that respect. It's like crazy and scary and yeah. reading production notes on this. And then did you watch the documentary that I came did. out? Okay. Yeah, I wanted to bring that up. So that's why I say, like, this is arguably the movie that mm-hmm. broke Jim Carrey because he got... This is the movie where Jim Carrey decided to go method. Yeah. Like... Like... Extreme Daniel Day-Lewis method. Yeah. It's it's super method. It's also kind of meta method. Yeah. Like, it's... It... It's... It, it like, very much like Andy Coffin, borders the line between ridiculous, crazy, and brilliant. Because it... <laughs> right. It could very much be... It could be a satire on method acting, but it's not really. It's more just being ridiculously method acting, and you're the only one that would find it funny if you knew. And I was like, I never knew that playing Andy Kaufman had affected Jim Carrey so heavily Mm -hmm. until I saw the documentary. It was like, Mm -hmm. oh, this this might be the saddest thing I've seen. Like, yeah. This is really depressing. <laughs> yeah, to see him actually not ever break character and to see everyone around him who's trying to do their job. And they're so miserable. Put up with it, <laughs> yeah. You know, that, um, what was the wrestler's name? Uh, Jerry Lawler. Okay, I should have known that. Jerry the King Lawler. So, I saw a thing with him about making this movie because he didn't want anyone to portray him. He just... I'm just going to play myself. I mm-hmm. was there. I know what, how this transpired. He claimed that from like day one, he was on set. Jim Carrey constantly harassed him and yeah. just treating him like shit. Mm-hmm. So in the David Letterman interview scene came up, Waller <laughs> says he hit Jim Carrey harder mm-hmm. than he hit Andy Kaufman. Cause he was just so tired of mm-hmm. dealing with this shit. Yeah. And it, that was like, kind of sad to watch because he talks about how he and Andy actually were like a comedy team. Like they they worked out the bits. It was staged. They had a rapport. (laughs) They worked out the bits and yeah. And Jim Carrey just kind of threw him into it and expected him to run with it. And, and he's like, no, you're kind of just being a (laughs) dude. Right. Which was like the general consensus from a lot of people on that movie of like, Mm -hmm. no, Jim was just being a dick. (laughs) Just being an asshole to everyone. Yeah. And that was just him as Andy. Right. Well, yeah, exactly. Once him you as Tony. <laughs> once you've transitioned to being Tony Clifton or being Andy being Tony Clifton, yeah. it's like which that that gives you more free reign. It's kind of like the split personality thing of uh, me, myself, and Irene, which probably would have been a better segue um, than the <laughs> bouncing a, dildo ones. I don't know. It, both work. <laughs> but it, I think Tony Clifton allowed him to say things be more crass than um just like uh hank allowed what whatever his face is (laughs) i have a lot of names i'm bouncing around between (laughs) you know what i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) it's okay words are dumb your words are dumb words are dumb yeah 
I love Man on the Moon. Rewatch every time I watch it mm-hmm. and rewatching it this week. Man, I have a hard time with the Tony Clifton scenes. Yeah. I'm like, you're not he's not funny. Mm-hmm. He's really annoying. Mm-hmm. I don't like Tony Clifton. I don't yeah. like this character. Mm-hmm. I can see why he had some appeal and why Andy mm-hmm. had kind of created that persona, you know, because he needed yeah. an extra outlet. Yeah. Yeah. His gimmick is like shock humor. Like, well, he'll say something in public at a dinner club where he's supposed to just be charming and singing right he'll say something ridiculous that you're not supposed to say i mean in polite company they do a great job in the movie of sucking you in and it's tony clifton's first scene at the nightclub where Mm -hmm. like he's getting introduced and then you hear him screaming and from behind (laughs) the curtain the guy comes out and goes oh due to his vocal constraints we need everyone to put their cigarettes and cigars out yeah and then he comes out smoking (laughs) yeah comes Uh, out and lights a cigarette and then starts (laughs) and everybody's like that was a ten dollar cigar. <laughs> Which that quick scene is the funniest <laughs> I felt Tony Clifton yeah. is. <laughs> that was like the punchline, and then he drags it on. It, and yeah, it gets and it's less just, funny. Knowing that Jim Carrey was already too deep in the method acting when he was Andy, mm-hmm. and then knowing that he was even deeper playing Tony because that's yeah. how Andy got. Mm-hmm. Very, very rough to watch those scenes. Mm-hmm. Very rough. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, Men in the Moon is just sad to me. I mean, especially any movie where the main character dies of cancer is generally sad. Um, but it's also with Courtney Love playing his, her girl, his girlfriend. And then in the documentary, actually, he has his actual like girlfriend right. talks quite a bit about knowing Andy and all that stuff. And it's, yeah, I think if you saw man in the moon whether you liked it or not you should definitely see the documentary that came out not that long ago no it was like what a year and a half yeah that um the documentary won't make you feel good but it's a really good documentary yeah yeah and it's just i mean it's really interesting to see jim carrey commit 24 hours a day to being andy kaufman and what that does to a person and he does it he talks over it like he kind of explains with hindsight now what it was like, what I was doing, do I felt like it worked or not? Right. Like, what I was going through, all that stuff. Well, and I, I kind of feel like post Man on the Moon, Jim Carrey's really been on this like personal kind of. Uh, I just lost the word. <laughs> Fucking words. Today, words are man. hard. God damn it! Quest this personal quest <laughs> of trying to find out mm. who he actually is, and that's mm. become kind of a Jim Carrey. Yeah. Thing of he doesn't. I mean, his belief system has gotten very. Who he is now, odd. Like, like at this point in time, is very interesting. <laughs> very interesting and weird as like a. And it artist. really seems to connect to Man on the Moon because it like yeah. mentally broke him. Yeah, I could totally. And he's see been that. on this weird journey mm-hmm. ever since. Yeah, that's definitely true. Very odd. Yeah, Man. On, I mean. The acting is amazing in this movie. It yeah. really is amazing. Yeah. But it's not one... <laughs> if, if you... I mean, usually you see Jim Carrey's name on something and you automatically assume you're going to laugh. Yeah. And although you do laugh at a few scenes of Man on the Moon, it's very much like, oh, this is... <laughs> this is a very tragic story about a very real person. Yeah. And unfortunately, we have to watch Jim Carrey kind of... <laughs> Mm-hmm. break down as that real person it was 
it's a very bittersweet movie for me yeah yeah it is it's bittersweet and it's kind of darker one of, i mean it's definitely one of his darker movies yeah i would say one of his earlier darker movies like i think the movie that kind of changed him and took him in that darker direction uh was a cable guy which is one of it's low-key becoming one of my favorite jim carrey movies i love the cable guy <laughs> and it's <laughs> so it's it's really i just i love the character and how it's kind of funny and sad and scary all at the same well, time it's a super dark comedy about stalkers yeah and yeah it's about a socially <laughs> awkward guy who i mean is basically raised by television yeah it's in the, the babysitter ab- in the absence of involved parents which is a very real concern parents have especially in the mid 90s um but yeah so because of that it's chock full of like tv references and movie references that part's really fun um but this movie kind of took me down a Wikipedia rabbit hole oh, as no. I was researching this week. <laughs> oh no! So I mean, everybody knows it's directed by Ben Stiller, and but it was written by Lou Holtz Jr. And so I'm like, okay, who's Lou Holtz Jr.? Because I see writers all the time. I don't know who they are. He has one credit on IMDb, which is the Cable Guy. And so I was like, one credit? What is happening? So <laughs> I go to I go to Wikipedia, and apparently. Lou Holtz Jr. was a first-time screenwriter who came up with this idea for The Cable Guy and chopped it around, and then Columbia Pictures picked it up. And so they got actors involved, and they ended up getting Jim Carrey involved, and then hired Judd Apatow to produce it. And uh, and they, between Jim Carrey and Judd Apatow and Ben Stiller, they kind of... Uh, well, Judd Apatow wanted to direct it, and yeah. Columbia was like, no, thank you. Um <laughs> But they took uh, Jed Apatow's recommendation that Ben Stiller direct it because they liked the Ben Stiller show. And so uh, apparently the original screenplay was a lot lighter and like like a very much like just annoying friend comedy with like what about Bob or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so but Ben Stiller and Jed Apatow and uh, Jim Carrey all thought like wanted to make it a little bit darker and more of like a yeah I had read the uh, Jim Carrey was like the big push to go dark with it mm-hmm. to make sure it's funny but the dark comedy funny right right and so this guy Lou Holst jr wrote like four additional drafts each one making it darker and darker <laughs> yeah. and darker and then he eventually left the movie and Judd Apatow took over writing it and he actually went to the writers guild to try to get a writing credit on it and they apparently have very strict rules to protect writers and so he couldn't get a yeah. writing credit so he was like a known ghostwriter yeah he it. essentially was an uncredited writer on a rewriter or whatever on it and uh yeah so ben stiller said that he'd made he did like a light version and a dark version of every shot of every scene yep and was surprised that they could put more and more of the dark stuff in there and the studio wasn't like saying no (laughs) (laughs) well i think they they didn't say no because there was there's enough of the the jim carrey Mm -hmm. physical comedy in it yeah he talks with a lisp he's Mm -hmm fairly flamboyant i mean he's yeah or eccentric he's, he's very a, eccentric he's a he's a definitely a silly character so i think that's probably why the studio was like mm-hmm. okay <laughs> there's enough of the jim carrey people are familiar with unfortunately it's him stalking and i mean he's yeah. if this movie did not have mm-hmm. a dark comedy 
tone. Yeah. This would probably be a very frightening movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, I would be interested to see like a, a 100% serious dark recut of it. Cause it, it, it would probably be pretty crazy. It, it, I feel you would be very uncomfortable <laughs> watching it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very interesting. And Matthew Broderick plays like the straight man to Jim Carrey. And, and he's being essentially stalked as a friend. Jim Carrey just wants a friend. And so he's kind of manipulating Matthew Broderick to be his friend. By, yeah. Like, ex- I don't not extorting him, <laughs> but like almost blackmailing him into. All, well, I mean, at one point he does just yeah. blackmail him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, the manipulation that Carrie's character does all for this desperate need for attention or friendship. Yeah. Anything kind of more real than what he got. I mean, he gives yeah. classic sitcom names <laughs> as his own. So you never know what his actual name is in the movie. I mean, he's yeah. credited as the cable guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this is one. I know it's not a popular mm-hmm. Jim Carrey movie. I don't know why, because it, it's mm-hmm. very funny. It's like it's a very yeah. enjoyable movie on a darker scale. But yeah, um, this is another one of those movies where Jim Carrey's improv, you know, mm-hmm. genius, yeah, made it into the final cut. So the whole thing at Medieval Times, where okay. he puts the chicken skin on his face <laughs> and does the the Hannibal Lecter, the thing. Hannibal Lecter, yeah. That wasn't in the script. He just <laughs> did it. And then, like knowing that I had just read that mm-hmm. and I was laughing about it. And then a little bit after I read it, the scene came up. So I was watching Matthew Broderick on that scene <laughs> and you can see him break character and do that. Like where he, he starts laughing, mm-hmm. does a quick glance to the crew that, you know, sitting in front of him. Like, yeah. <laughs> this okay? Um, this movie though, I cut and rewatching it this week very much uh, emphasize this for me, but mm-hmm. Ben Stiller, Matthew Broderick and Jim Carrey, mm-hmm. they need to work together again. They need to do yeah. more together because Ben Stiller's style of directing mm-hmm. fits very well yeah. with Jim Carrey and Matthew Broderick does such a great job of playing the, <laughs> just the normal dude who just want like I just wanted cable. Yeah, <laughs> I just wanted my cable to work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, now we can't get out of this friendship. <laughs> yeah, I love the cable guy. It's I, one of my friends uh, growing up. Mm-hmm. This is like his all time movie. Oh really? So I, if he's listening or whatever, <laughs> he knew at some point we would get around to talking about the cable guy. Yeah. So that's your moment, man. Yeah. I, I love it. <laughs> High praise for Cable Guy. Yeah, I absolutely love it. It's 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 a lot of the great things about Jim Carrey, which is kind of sad, dramatic stuff and also really funny slapstick stuff. And I really I like going back to the Medieval Times scene. Yeah. <laughs> I love the part where they're they're fighting each other and he's providing his own soundtrack. That's the start the Star Trek <laughs> yep. song. And so they cut in the actual Star Trek song with his like voiceover of singing while he's fighting. It's like something I did a lot as a kid was like oh, yeah. you have to have a soundtrack while you're fighting people. Well, because we watched enough movies to know yeah. there's always yeah, got it from music movies. playing during this. We got it from movies and TV like he did. This movie uh, also has a blooper of Jim Carrey's that okay. made it into the final cut. Oh, really? Um, the whole him losing the lisp 
Yeah. Carrie actually forgot to continue using the lisp. <laughs> so that whole scene uh-huh. was a blooper. Oh, wow. And they kept it because it just worked so yeah. well. <laughs> yeah, it seems so plain. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, when I read that, I was like, hey, I love it when bloopers make it into a final cut. <laughs> yeah, we have the footage. Just use it. That's awesome. Yeah, Cable Guy. I mean, go find it. Go watch it. It's a good one. Uh, oh, also in my Wikipedia rabbit trail. Right. Um, I learned that Judd Apatow also did uncredited rewrites of Liar Liar and Bruce Almighty. Yeah, so I had learned this too. Judd Apatow is like done uncredited work with Jim Carrey for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Why don't they just do <laughs> a, legit like, movie? a legit movie together? Yeah. <laughs> that would be so interesting. I think it would, I feel like it would be a very uh, similar style to like funny people. Yeah. I could see Jim Carrey doing that style of Judd Apatow. I would want it to be that style. Yeah. I worry... I worry because where Jim Carrey's at, I don't, I I just worry about what that would actually become. (laughs) But if it was 90s, 2000s, Jim Carrey, 100%. Well, I mean, Jim Carrey, for me, kind of came back when he did Sonic. Okay. His version of Dr. Robotnik to me was very like, yeah, this is early style Jim Carrey. Like this is nineties Jim Carrey come back. You can tell that he's having fun. Mm -hmm. You can tell that, you know, he's not taking anything too serious, at least during that Mm. shooting and reading stuff about it. The crew were all saying the same thing of, it felt like Jim Carrey Mm. had come back. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm hesitant to say he's back after one movie. Right. But it it felt Jim Carrey. Sure. Sure. Because I feel like we kind of had that. I really enjoyed Yes Man. I love Yes Man. It was between like a dip, and <laughs> yeah. then and then you had Yes Man. You're like, oh, he's back, and then it went it dipped again, <laughs> and then yeah, kind of. There's a bunch of not great stuff in there. <laughs> well, which one do you want to go to now? Um, I well, I have to talk about. Hold on, I was just looking at it. Um, we have to talk about Truman Show. Okay, arguably his best movie. Yeah, because <laughs> if I'm if I'm gonna shit on Jim Carrey and say he hasn't made good movies recently, that doesn't mean anything because he has made incredible movies throughout his life. Yeah, and Truman Show is just if you made if the only movie you ever made was Truman Show, you would be a star because it's a perfect, incredible movie. <laughs> So rewatching it, I'm gonna I'm gonna blow your well probably not, but <laughs> I wanna have my mind blow. I'm gonna blow your mind. Okay. Um rewatching so I have not watched Truman Show in a long time. Yeah. I've always loved Truman Show. Mm-hmm. I think it was even an honorable mention of mine when we did drama. Could be. So I'm watching it again this week. Mm-hmm. And I did a real stupid thing doing this Jim Carrey binge watch. Yeah. I watched all of his comedies lumped together, <laughs> and then I saved all the drama pieces lumped together at the end. It was like, I should have mixed it. <laughs> I wouldn't say that's that big of a mistake, because well, I watched... Except that Truman Show's like... I watched everything intermixed. Okay. 
more recently i was watching a lot of the comedies like ones i knew i liked but i had time so i was like gonna watch it and yeah. i was like oh no i didn't watch dark crimes which came out fairly recently but i'd never seen it so i put it on not the kind of movie you want to watch after watching a bunch of <laughs> 90s hilarious jim carrey right i did not get around to seeing dark crimes but I know the yeah. premise of it. I know it wasn't very enjoyed because of the premise yeah. and because of very serious, very dark crimes. Um, so Truman Show. Truman Show, though, very nice. Uh, when I was rewatching it this week, man, this movie hits on such a different yeah. level. It is mm-hmm. unreal yeah. how this movie hits. <laughs> and I realized something at the end of it. Okay, I was like. Oh, shit. I'm going to do a first for our show. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. I love firsts. I am revamping my drama list. Oh, boy. On the show. Oh, wow. Live revamp. (laughs) Well, it won't be live when they listen to it. It's live for me. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Yeah, I have to put Truman Show on my top ten. It just, it hit so hard. Like, it's such a beautiful movie. Yeah. So, I'm... I'm swapping out. I had a movie called The Cure, which you should still go watch if you haven't watched it. It'll yeah. break your heart, make you cry. Uh, but Truman Show has to go on my top 10. So Truman Show is swapping out for The Cure. Okay. So Truman Show is officially part of my top 10. Boom! I, I haven't done that before. I actually f- feel guilty, feel like I should. And I'm looking back at my drama list to see if there's one that I had to like that Truman Show. As is soon as the credits started rolling, I was like, "Oh fuck, <laughs> I have to do this. I'm, I'm I yeah. have to do this." It's really, really good. I'm actually gonna stand firm. I feel like my drama list is accurate. Okay. And so, but that's fair. Listeners should look at my drama list and see if I'm wrong. <laughs> I just it, man. <laughs> the whole final ten minutes of the Truman Show. Yeah. Is, I mean, I got goosebumps just thinking about it. It is so fucking perfect. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and the whole, I mean, the whole thing is really actually brilliant and clever, the way it's all um, put together. And it's actually, actually really interesting. And I think that you'll appreciate this. Um, there's like a kind of a sci-fi piece mm-hmm. to the Truman Show, and the writer of it has written a lot of really interesting grounded sci-fi. Gattaca, which I know you love. Yep, I love um, Gattaca. Simone with Al Pacino, The Terminal, which I, I love. Yep. And then uh, The Host also, which I know you love. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, <laughs> yeah, so the, the writing's on point. Uh, director, greatest director, awesome. Uh, Dead Poet Society, Master Commander, The Way Back. So it's like, you take a movie with Jim Carrey, where he's done primarily comedies to this point. Well, and that I think that's the brilliance of why the Truman Show works so well. I would say only comedies to this point. Yeah, because it came out in 98. Yeah. So the most serious we had seen him, mm-hmm. we hadn't seen. Right. <laughs> we saw loud, obnoxious, hilarious, and then he hits us with Truman Burbank, who is... Yeah. Yeah, up until... Liar Liar, which came out, which was right before Truman Show. Yeah. All of his characters were crazy. Liar Liar is the first one where he's like actually a normal person. Yeah, he's a little more grounded. He's a normal person that has a curse where he can't lie. <laughs> right. So he's a has like license to be crazy. 
But then, yeah, Truman Show is a normal person in a normal life being normal. And it's I wouldn't say normal life. Well, that's true. (laughs) From his perspective. He's raised on a set. From his perspective, it's a normal life. True. And it's like, I love how it's modeled after Mm -hmm. like 50s style sitcom lifestyle. Everyone's dressed Mm -hmm. perfect. You go to work nine to five. You have to follow the exact same routine. Say hi to your neighbor every day. Yeah. Uh, it's just, man, this movie is so well executed. And yeah, the direction on it is, mm-hmm. holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. For, with some very, like, complicated elements. Like, so there's the, I mean, the cameras are all have to be in inconspicuous places because he's on a reality TV show and he can't see cameras and lights and sets and stuff. And so there's essentially POV shots from cameras that are at weird angles or on cars or they have like weird, like fisheye lenses. Right. And then, well, and then they, it must be hard to direct that. One of the really brilliant things of it is they make you as the person watching this movie Mm -hmm. feel like the audience in the movie where they look directly at you. Yeah. Give you the product (laughs) lowdown for you to buy. And that's like, that's a big thing in the, the movie too placement. is product placement and everything you see on the Truman show. You can buy. You can buy. Yeah. <laughs> Naturally. And I just mixing all of that, mm-hmm. the POV shots, the making you mm-hmm. feel like you're watching the actual Truman show yeah. and then watching showing just the actual, Truman. Showing the actual like people who are just glued to their TVs because they're so invested in this show that's been running for 30 years. Right. I mean, it's. And then seeing the actual undertaking, Ed Harris's whole uh, control room and where he has to actually run the show and keep it successful. Where he's like, God. Yeah, he's <laughs> basically God to and Truman. He, you can tell his character views himself as mm-hmm. the creator. Yeah. The, I mean, he's, his office is on the moon. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah, high up above everybody. Yeah, I... Man, rewatch, I was like... Because I saw this in the theater. Okay. And as a kid in 98, mm-hmm. yeah, I went to the Truman Show expecting <laughs> slapstick comedy. Yeah, you'd never seen anything else from Jim Carrey at that point. And I did not get slapstick comedy from Jim. I mean, there's like, there's still very funny scenes in it. Well, yeah, and he's still super charismatic, super likable. That you can tell he's an obviously perfect choice for a, a leading character. Yeah. And this was a movie for young boys as big fans of Jim Carrey, mm-hmm. this movie was the perfect ammunition to give to our parents of, mm-hmm. see? <laughs> He's a serious Even artist. you like Jim Carrey now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, so when me, myself, and Irene comes out in three years <laughs> You can try and use it as leverage. It didn't work. <laughs> it did. <laughs> yeah, I... There was something, like, rewatching it this, this week, because I watched... Uh, Man on the Moon, The Majestic, and then this followed Damn, The Majestic. Son. Right? See, now you get why I was yeah. like, I think I fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you need some lightheartedness in there. I mean, Truman Show is definitely a feel-good movie. I mean, it's this very movie hopeful. like almost makes you feel empowered. Yeah, it's very hopeful. It just... You, it beats you down first. Like there's it, a bit, it really beats there's there's a dip of hopelessness, and his essential his life is driven around fear, yeah, not being too afraid to leave, being afraid of the water, and it's such a really clever commentary on, um, on 
humans in society it kind of forces you to ask yourself like what what lies am i like willfully ignoring because i would rather i'm I'm not questioning the things that don't make sense because i'd rather believe the story instead of asking the questions yeah and so there's really interesting just commentaries in there i love that like the progression as he's catching on Mm -hmm. but he plays it so well because he's still so clueless yeah and I just I love how he he portrays that how he acts it out. I think one of the best parts in it is when him and his quote unquote wife yeah. are having a fight, and she goes to sell the cocoa to him. <laughs> Who the hell are you talking to? Yeah, he finally <laughs> starts asking the questions. We're <laughs> realizing that things are weird and and acknowledging them. Yeah, <laughs> but it's just I. I'm trying to think of the timeline because I think the movie Pleasantville came out before this. Is that right? Mm. Or was Pleasantville after? Actually, we just talked about Pleasantville. A few I, episodes. I can check because I have my previous drama. Uh, Pleasantville was 98 and this was 99. 98 also. So same year. Okay. Um, I don't know about within the year. I just know years. Right. Well, either way. Yeah. Truman Show, you know, with the idea of, like, making the 50s lifestyle, Mm -hmm. like, very real for Truman. Yeah. Watching that and then, like, with Pleasantville, you definitely get that aesthetic of, like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm in, like, a very Mm -hmm. innocent life. Yeah. Which brought up kind of a curious thing to me, because I was like, oh, yeah, that Truman's probably never experienced crime he's probably never experienced yeah like really anything yeah yeah nothing very real all of it's orchestrated and i mean scripted yeah his whole life has been scripted for him yeah i just there's just something very special about the truman show and i I feel like it's a movie everyone should probably get around to watching because it's (laughs) yeah i would put it up there with with shawshank or any other like significantly hopeful meaningful movies out there yeah and oh my god the the like his final scene in that movie Mm -hmm. every time i watch it i want to like yeah i'm like the people watching the truman show where you're like i want to cheer i want to applaud i want (laughs) to yeah it's, it's a beautiful ending to a movie for sure it's so good it's just yeah, it was funny, like, when the credits rolled and I realized I was going to have to revamp my drama list, it was, mm-hmm. like, I can't believe, <laughs> can't believe I didn't originally do that, but Truman Show is just, it, arguably, mm-hmm. I mean, I have another one of Jim Carrey's that I, I feel I enjoy more, Okay, but Truman Show is yeah. right there, man. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> top notch for sure. Uh, on the topic of Jim Carrey dramas, there's one I know that you hadn't seen yep. and finally got around to see. Yep. And it's one of my favorites of his of all time. Yeah. Also. And you've been talking about this. I know you've mentioned it to me a handful of times. Yeah. So I've wanted to talk about the Majestic on this show for a long time, and I didn't know exactly yep. when we'd fit it in. Um, and so it's perfect to do it now. Yeah, might as well. What did you think of the Majestic? This is a beautiful movie it is a beautiful movie (laughs) it is um it's a very long 
It is beautiful. <laughs> Deceptively movie. long. Yeah, it is very long. <laughs> I forgot how long it was, um, but it was also directed by Frank Darabont, who we talked about in the monster episode. We talked about the mist. Well, but he also did Shawshank. Shawshank. He did the Green Mile. Um, I thought this was interesting. This is his only film credit that is not based on Stephen King source oh, material. Yeah. Um, that is interesting. It also, I, I had to chuckle because, like, there's a lot of cast mm-hmm. in the Majestic that has either worked with him in the past or yeah. has continued to work with him. Yeah, Lawyer Holden is the big one. Um, well, and there's some, some of the cast members are from The Walking Dead. Yeah. Uh, the one that I was like, oh my God, I can't remember the actor's name, but the guy that played Brooks in The Shawshank Redemption, he yeah. plays. The old man that finds yeah. Jim Carrey's character. Yeah. Uh, and I was... Jeffrey Dimon? Sure. We'll pretend that. I found myself oddly very excited yeah. when he showed up on screen. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, Brooks is here. And I was like, oh no, he's not. But it's <laughs> the same actor. Yeah. Yeah. He finds him on the beach. So Jim Carrey is a Hollywood writer who gets... who is He's a B-movie writer about to break into the A-list. I love the opening when he's like the studio is talking about his new movie and they're, and they're changing his They're script. basically rewriting his movie. They're like, no, we'll make the kid a dog and the the kids, we don't worry about any of that. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, we should ask the writer. What do you think about this writer? Well, <laughs> <laughs> like the one executive asks, what's the character's name again? They say, he goes, terrible name, change it. Yeah. <laughs> like, so no name goes to the hill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so he, but it also takes place in uh, post World War II, Cold War start, like height of the Red Panic, and yeah, so yeah, this movie is Congress McCarthy's yeah Red Con- Scare. Congress is cracking down, and they're like interrogating Hollywood, and Hollywood's blacklisting anybody that has any affiliation with communists, and so you carry it <laughs> real one, or not yeah mostly imagine it's like a witch hunt <laughs> um and you so jim carrey at one point went to a meeting to impress a girl just like oh you this girl i likes into this i'll go why not who cares and uh so yeah he has his whole life stripped from him and he kind of like goes out gets drunk drives drunk crashes into a river washes up on shore gets met by the brooks actor and uh has lost all of his memory and so he gets taken to this cute little town. Very cute town. And uh, they are like trying to help him out. And then they kind of realize, hey, you look a lot like this guy who is the son of this other guy who's in our town. And uh, he never came back from the war. And this whole town is kind of devastated by World War II where... Well, they lost like what is it, sixty more. sons or something? Yeah, more sons and husbands died from this town than like most other places, and so their their whole future is kind of robbed from them for that reason. And so he comes back, and they're like, "Oh, you had the Medal of Honor, but they never found your body, and and now you're back." And he's like, "Oh, because he lost his memory." He's like, "I guess I'm this I guess guy. That's who I am." <laughs> and there's there's a cup. The movie does a really good job of making you. They bring up a couple scenarios where you're like, oh, <laughs> is he actually this mm-hmm. Luke guy yeah. or what? Like, mm-hmm. oh, shit. <laughs> and, it's, yeah, and, and it's not like they try to make you figure out if there's going to be mm-hmm. a twist or not. It's just they bring up the very yeah. real possibility and you're like, oh, that would work. Yeah, I think they make you 
they make you doubt that you know his backstory just yeah. like you, he is believing this new backstory i will say um all the the red scare aspect mm-hmm. of it probably could have done without yeah it doesn't lend too much later in the movie really no and it, it you just could have really any catalyst to him falling off the bridge yeah i just i i feel for a movie that really drives home just community and mm-hmm. love for films mm-hmm. the red scare part of it although i get why it's in the movie but at the same time i'm like it just doesn't feel like it mm-hmm. fits yeah with the movie mm-hmm. luckily it doesn't focus on all that yeah. a whole lot it just the moments where they remind you that's going on, you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Right, go back to the town. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I will very honestly, mm-hmm. when they go to the Majestic, which is the name of the theater. Yeah. So the, his, the guy who thinks that this is his son, that he and his dad were working on this movie theater called the Majestic. And they kind of stopped when his son didn't come back from the war. Right. But they decided to start it up again. Yeah. So they like rebuild it. They revamp it. It looks super pretty. It looks like the kind of theater I would love to go to. Yeah. Um. But it's Martin Landau, right? Yes. That plays. Correct. Harry, right? That was his name. Yep. Yeah. Harry and Luke. He gives this amazing monologue in mm-hmm. the like beat down theater about the experience of seeing movies in the theater right which is super poignant these days very poignant and i found myself as a lover of film and we've said it numerous times like movies especially to me are Mm -hmm. real magic there's there's just something about that experience especially in the theater yeah and his whole monologue i was like it might sound stupid, but I was tearing up while he's talking because I was like, I want the magic back. Right. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is happening to me right now? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just I I really liked the character development in it with Jim Carrey's character. Um, mm-hmm. It just it's such a I loved how quiet and human yeah. this movie is. Yeah. No, that's a great way to describe it. It's very, I guess, pure as far as yeah. as the whole community and the relationships and and him kind of falling in love with Lori Holden, where she thinks she's falling back in love with Luke. But he, they've you know, it's a complicated but interesting <laughs> yeah, movie. Yeah, it it brings up a lot of cool things, but it's that little town. Mm-hmm. I wish it was a real town. Yeah, because that's the kind of town I feel like we would aspire to live in. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just such a Yeah. It's a really good story. It's a really good movie. Mm. I can't believe I hadn't watched it mm-hmm. until this week. Like when it ended, I was like, the fuck took me. <laughs> when did that come out? 2001? Yep. 19 years to watch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is wrong with me? Yeah, I was surprised when you hadn't heard of it. I don't know when I saw it or heard of it, but I've I mean, I've known about it for a long time, seen it a long time ago, but yeah, it's it's incredible. If anybody else missed it, they should check it out. You really should. It, it's a very, it's just, there's like a purity. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree with that. There's a purity to it. Yeah. Which is kind of, I mean, it's Frank Darabont. Yeah. And he does a great job of bringing 
pure human emotion out, especially hopeful. Right. And he really drives it home with this one. (laughs) Really drives it. And if you are curious about the Red Scare stuff, I mean, there's a whole courtroom sequence (laughs) that you would probably love. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I... It's interesting, like, my politics have changed so much since I first saw it, <laughs> and so rewatching it now, I'm far from a communist. <laughs> yeah, let's but... let's be careful, Jake. <laughs> In case there's any uh, you know, <laughs> McCarthyists McCarthy lovers listening, out there. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely not a communist, but as someone who like, believes in the U.S. Constitution, at least, yeah. I'm like... Wait, you're you're blacklisting this guy because he went to a meeting? We don't have freedom of assembly anymore? <laughs> yeah. Like, we don't have freedom of speech or ideas or right. whatever? It seems I, so crazy to me. I do have to, like... It, is, it did make me laugh thinking about some stuff. If McCarthy was alive now, mm-hmm. or any of those figures were alive now, we would all be imprisoned <laughs> and blacklisted and, yeah. <laughs> you know, like... Any kind of free think would just... Mm -hmm. I don't think those figures would survive (laughs) the last 10 years. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, just... I mean, it's just a dangerous thing to lock people up for thinking ideas. Uh, Yeah. Or going to places. But, no, I I very much enjoyed the Majestic. I thought it was just such a... It's such a good palate cleanser. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very... That's a good way uh, to put it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's a good... It's not zany and it's not sad and and scary or heartbreaking or anything it's it's nice i mean there there's like there's a a statue that was made for this town that they don't put out because it's Mm -hmm. too heartbreaking for them and uh yeah it's only been nine years or something yeah like nine and a half years yeah ten years something like that um and carrie's character finds a statue in the basement and he's like looking at the names and just seeing the statue and knowing the timeline of when the movie's taking place and all that and the mm-hmm. tragedy of the town. Mm-hmm. The, like it's a very somber scene. You're like, yeah. ooh, this is this is heavy. Yeah. This is <laughs> Yeah. It does a good job of establishing kind of how everybody in the town is feeling. And, yeah. And tr- kind of wanting to not have to deal with that feeling by not putting it out or, you know move on i guess <laughs> right but i would i would say if you missed the majestic mm-hmm. i mean carrie brings over what made the truman character so brilliant he like carries that over yeah into this character mm-hmm. he just makes him a little more adult and trying to like figure out yeah what's real and what's not yeah or what's true and what's not right yeah i feel like that's very accurate yeah so good. It, it was a very good movie. I was good. I'm still blown away. It took me 19 years to watch. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't watch it. <laughs> I I would say maybe the theory of why I didn't watch it mm-hmm. would be because it came out after Jim Carrey had done a couple dramas and people mm-hmm. were wanting the silly Jim Carrey to come back. Yeah. And then he did this which he is not silly in at all right. <laughs> you're like, so I, my theory and audiences is, are like so that's over you're not gonna be funny right. anymore <laughs> yeah so that's it was 2001 so yeah 13 14 years old i could see that leading to why i didn't watch it but yeah it shouldn't have carried on for 19 years i should have <laughs> watched this yeah yeah a yeah. lot sooner and I'm not saying that's an excuse. If that's what it <laughs> ends up 
actually is. That's stupid, and I failed as a movie fan. There you go. <laughs> Calling your old self out. Boom, bitch. <laughs> Um, <laughs> how do we segue from where do we go from boom bitch boom bitch um, I feel like it wouldn't be a movie bonus podcast if we didn't talk about Batman well <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were going to want to talk about Batman forever I, I want to talk about Batman forever a little bit it's so bad it is so bad and I but I don't blame Jim Carrey for it being bad. No. Because Batman Forever came out in 95, right after his three massive movies in 94. He's the top thing ever. He comes into Batman Forever, asked to be Jim Carrey, is Jim Carrey. The problem is Joel Schumacher, Joel Schumacher. Told, <laughs> told Jim Carrey to be Edward Nigma and the Riddler. And that's not who the Riddler is. <laughs> and so it's not Jim Carrey's fault that he was being who he ba- should be at the time. Batman Forever is a... F- or Batman... Yeah, Batman Forever is a failure as a movie. I blame Joel Schumacher so much. Yeah. I... <laughs> he makes me mad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Actively mad. Yeah. Um, but I agree. Jim Carrey is not the reason. Mm-hmm. His version of the Riddler would have even worked mm-hmm. up until a couple moments towards the end. Mm-hmm. So him being like the godlike figure with the goofy. I hate the whole box <laughs> story. I fucking yeah. hate that. Yeah, I don't like the box. I don't like the suit. I don't like it. I know. I So for the longest time, I was like, at least hair. the first Riddler suit you see is the tux with the bowler hat and the cane. And then I was watching it again this week, and I was like, "But you're you're fucking wearing tights, and they need to be like suit pants." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that was my only point about Batman is that he was literally doing what he was supposed to be doing, yeah. especially at that time. It's just that it's the wrong person to do that. They, <sighs> fucking Joel Schumacher. Yeah. Should have stuck with making it super dark like Tim Burton originally wanted. Yeah. I mean, when everyone from Batman Returns Mm -hmm. refuses to be in your movie because they're like, it's Batman. It's supposed to be dark. Why are you trying to turn it into something not dark? Right. That should tell you in the studio something. (laughs) These dark, demented killers who are just making jokes and being fun. Two-Face is not a one-liner character. Yeah. The fuck? (laughs) I read a thing that Tommy Lee Jones only took the role because his son is a big fan of, like, Mm. Batman and Two-Face. Sure. And I'm like, I hope your son, son. after he saw this, looked at you and went, the fuck did you do that? (laughs) I wish that you didn't fuck it up for me. (laughs) Right. Two-Face doesn't make jokes, Dad. (laughs) He just shoots people in the face. Yeah. Yeah, this... It's one of those movies, like, rewatching it, it's like, man, this has every, like, ingredient to make this movie so good. Yeah. That cast should have delivered a way better Batman movie. 90s Val Kilmer hit. Nicole Kidman hit. Right. Tom Lee Jones, Jim Carrey. They should have, it all should have worked. And instead you get Joel Schumacher like, no, let's, let's fuck up the best superhero of all time. Yeah. Kind of trying to build on the Tim Burton aesthetic, but making it but all very weirdly like, Schumacher-y. It, yeah. 
I, oh. <laughs> Not great. Nope. Right, moving on. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still say Batman and Robin is worse okay. than Batman Forever. Yeah. By quite a bit. <laughs> I, I hear what you're saying. But I know. I have, <laughs> so this is why I I have this, this is your favorite one because I know it's not. It's, I have this weird thing in my head where I it drops bad. It's bad enough that it drops below the line where I'm like, I can disconnect wanting it to be a good Batman movie and enjoy it for being a bad movie almost. <laughs> like it's bad enough that it's almost good to me. I I laugh at Arnold. I laugh at all of the stuff with robin and batgirl and everything i i I feel like it's zany and weird uh, with it's like a batman farce almost it's not actually batman god damn it i fucking hate it's not not, this isn't about batman and robin it's not about batman and robin (laughs) moving on (laughs) sorry jim carrey you had to be tainted with the horrible joel schumacher yeah that's true segways are hard segways are hard (laughs) let's um let's hear what we just did 95. Well, we've been jumping. We're not even earlier going on. when you we, know what? Earlier when we talked about Dumb and Dumber, we should have talked about Dumb and Dumber 2 for a little bit. Just for a minute. Sure. <laughs> Unless you don't want to. <laughs> no, I'm I not going to force you I to. I guess we have to. You, this is an equal partnership it, in it this is. podcast. Yeah, no, no, we do. We do. <laughs> um, I don't remember Dumb and Dumber 2 all that well. I seen it once. Me too. Uh, I did not like it. Christy likes it more than me, I think. She laughs a lot at the he's hooked on crack joke, okay. which is embarrassing for her. People um, comment on the movie bonus page and tell her something about hooked on crack. Um, <laughs> yes, Ember, call Christy out. Yeah. Call Christy out. I'm, I will say the only praise I will give it is that it does a decent job of not... Um, a decent job of recreating the beloved characters. They are, there are still essences of them on screen, even though they're old and weird looking. Um, and yeah, it, the looks from 94 don't translate well. <laughs> and it doesn't, it doesn't totally demolish the original. No, it doesn't. I can still watch dumb and dumber and love it just as much as I always yeah. have, which they could have probably ruined it enough to do that. I mean, so it, dumb it's and dumber- not terrible. Two has a few funny things mm-hmm. to it. Like I, I do find the whole Lloyd pretending to be insane after mm-hmm. not getting to be with Mary mm-hmm. as a giant never ending gag. That's yeah. funny. A gag for 30 years or whatever. <laughs> right. Like that's funny. Cause it, it fits that character where they're yeah. just, he's going to take it too far. He did it with the, the yeah. accident. He, I mean, I guess it's only 20 years, but yeah, that, that, segment was really funny to me and that's unfortunately like the first five ten minutes of the movie if i remember right (laughs) yeah but i was like "Ooh, if it starts off this great the rest of the movie is going to be great and then it really derailed (laughs) yeah most of i mean it on paper i think it should work because most of the movie is about harry having a daughter and her being hot and lloyd wanting to get with her which is very much like the Freda Felcher thing of yeah oh they he got with your girlfriend now he's trying to get with your daughter um but yeah it, it the the friendship elements are there enough but it yeah it doesn't it just doesn't it doesn't you the bar is so high <laughs> and you're you're trying to capture that again well, and it's you, it's a bad call I personally feel 
in terms of unnecessary sequels, yeah, this one might be at the top. Yeah, that's true. It and too much time had. I mean, if you were gonna do a sequel, you should have done it. Yeah, by the end of the nineties. Yeah, that would have been six years. Right. Yep. Um. Yeah, it just it did not, <laughs> and I think the problem also is the Fairley brothers have already at that point mm-hmm. like your movies aren't good. <laughs> And they just do the exact same joke over and over. Mm-hmm. Post like me, myself, and Irene. Every joke is the yeah. exact same, and it just kind of. <laughs> all right, at least for me, I'm not a Fairly Brothers fan. Yeah, I like their early stuff, and that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. And I like Green Book, but that's because not the same. <laughs> it's not the same. No, I wouldn't even call that. <laughs> it's not even a Fairly Brothers movie. It's yeah. only one of them did it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I was not a big fan of it. It had a couple funny moments, but I was like, mm-hmm. I really could do without this one. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Maybe there's a reason why Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels kept saying no over the years. <laughs> yeah. <they're, I'm, laughs> pretty smart as far as what audiences will like. That's why they're so <laughs> successful and hilarious. Uh, yeah, I don't remember it all that well. Yeah. I saw it the one time was like, meh. <laughs> And then it just kind of got shoved out of my memory bank. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yep. Uh, you were going to transition to something. We should talk Liar Liar. Oh, yeah. We skipped over Liar Liar. <laughs> because Liar Liar is fantastic. I guess we did. I felt like we had talked about well, it. Well, we I, made a couple references to yeah. it. But yeah, it's it's a movie that I kind of forget how good it is. Like, it's really good. It's really, really good. And for some reason... Just on a regular basis, I'll forget that it's as good as it is. Yeah. No, I get that. I get that. And I also, like I said, will will chalk it up as a family movie when it's really not. No. Well, it it's weird because it is. It is, but it's not. But it's not. <laughs> but it's got a lot of like heart and meaning to it. It's yeah. a very as family message, I guess, is why. Well, I it's a pretty that. heavy movie. I mean, the whole idea is this. Like, broken family. Mm-hmm. He's a terrible father. Mm-hmm. His ex-wife and child are getting, like, they're getting ready to move to a whole different state. Yeah. And the, the son still loves his dad and is insightful enough to know that his dad lying is what's messing things up. <laughs> right. And so, simplest, like, most pure thing. He just wishes that he didn't lie so yeah, much. Yeah. I mean, it's got, there's a, rewatching this week, I was like, fuck. This has a lot of elements to it that are pretty heavy. <laughs> yeah. But the way they put the comedic spin to a lot of it, I really mm. respect and appreciate. Yeah. Um, there's some moments to it that feel very too real for me personally, <laughs> where it's like, uh, but <laughs> yeah, uh, it's like, it's a genuinely good movie. Like yeah. it's very good. I can't believe it's not more, mm-hmm. but I, I'm going to keep saying it, folks. <laughs> Jim Carrey movies, we all love them. Yeah. Well, most people love them, but some of them need to be put on mm-hmm. a higher shelf. And Liar Liar is one of them. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I think it definitely does. It's been passed over more than it deserves because it's really, really good. Yeah. And it's it's really, really funny. And it's... I mean, the concept is funny. To have someone who is incapable of lying but they're a lawyer that's funny that's hilarious <laughs> and the way that it's actually executed is really really it's well just, done it's so good <laughs> and of course it's... you have jim carrey who's 
great he does great physical acting in this where he's actively trying to lie and actively <laughs> trying to subvert the truth <laughs> and physically cannot and so he's fighting with his own body and so <laughs> right the whole pen is blue <laughs> or the pen is red yeah but it's actually blue yeah yeah it ends up like just writing it Which, all over there's another fun little detail that i don't know if even you've noticed don't. so during that sequence after he writes blue all over his face everything's blue yeah. right yeah right on his chin it says bb king who's <laughs> the king of blues <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's... i saw that this time around it was like <laughs> that deserves an applause <laughs> that's hilarious now hit like when the wish comes true and he can't lie anymore mm-hmm. the way he acts out trying like realizing he can't help but tell mm-hmm. the truth is hilarious to me <laughs> he like He'll spout out the truth and then hate himself for it immediately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's telling the truth against his own will <laughs> and it visually shows you very well. Yeah. And it's just the worst thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Every scene in the courtroom where mm-hmm. he's like objecting to himself as he's trying to make a point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah, he's become a successful lawyer by, through this well, method of actually lying. He's like a con man. Yeah. And he has to he has to figure out how to do his job honestly, which is <laughs> right. not a bad thing. <laughs> but I mean it is if you're a mm-hmm. l- lawyer in his I mean the case that he's trying to yeah. the divorce case that he's handling I don't think I've hated Jennifer Tilly more yeah ever I'm, than in that role. <laughs> yeah. I hate her in that role. I think her voice is annoying. I hate everything about what she stands for. <laughs> that character is, she is difficult to watch. Yeah. Obviously, it's done on purpose. Right. You're supposed to hate. She, her character is a piece of shit. E- yeah. <laughs> uh, the light, I mean, it's hilarious. It's, yeah, the bathroom where he kicks his own ass. I'm kicking, kicking my, my ass. ass. Do you mind? <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean... The chemistry that he's got with the whole cat, it's just yeah. it's so good. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Yeah, and I, I like more attorney who plays his, his ex-wife, and yeah. Carrie Ells is in it. Like, everybody in it is really, really good. Yeah, <laughs> I have to give Liar Liar credit, mm-hmm. because it, I stole a catchphrase from it. Okay. That I realized this week, Jim Carrey says a lot, especially in early Jim Carrey movies. Okay. Uh, the catchphrase is, holy hell. I've like I I stole it from the movie because it's just too funny not to. Yeah. And rewatching it this week and hearing him scream holy hell, I was like, yeah, yeah, I uh, <laughs> this, this had to have been the movie I took that from. <laughs> As it's such a like it's a very good movie and keep your eye out at the end for a Jim Carrey cameo and a Jim Carrey movie. Yeah, which you told me about just the, right. a week or two ago. And it's funny watching it mm-hmm. and only watching the background for the cameo because he doesn't even do any. He's literally looking right at the camera. He's just standing there with his face. <laughs> Smiling. So he's Fire Marshal Bill from yeah. uh, In Living Color. But he's like, just this guy in a crowd, in front of the crowd, <laughs> while they're like loading a guy up in an ambulance. You can find it super easy. I just, you I can. just, I you YouTubed uh, Fire Marshal Bill Liar Liar, and it's right there. But it's more fun to watch it in the movie yeah. than just the YouTube clip. Yeah, you just have to know the right scene that's going to be in. Yep. 
So I have an unpopular opinion. Okay. And I'm curious where you're at. Oh, okay. I have an unpopular opinion about The Grinch. Okay. Which is that it sucks. Oh. Oh, really? I'm being a little facetious. It doesn't suck, but I don't really like it. Okay. I don't really like it, and I'm annoyed when people say it's great, because I don't really like it. Well, (laughs) it is great. Yeah, I'm annoyed. I don't really like it. And I don't really like it. I don't know why I don't really like it. I don't really I like I think you do know why because I did not like it for a long time. Really? Yes. Why did but you it grew like on it? me and now I very much enjoy it. I think I most I partly don't like it because of the costumes and makeup and all that stuff. I think that's weird. Well, they're who's. I know they're, they're supposed who's. to look weird. I know they're who's and I know obviously the original cartoon I love that cartoon. That's why you don't like it, because that's why I didn't like it for the longest time. I grew time. up on that cartoon, but there's something about making them real people that looks so much weirder to me. And then I don't really like the cinematography of it. Like okay. The, I don't know what it is. The way that it's... I don't know if it's the directing or the cinematography, but there's a lot of like weird angles and action and push-ins and... It just feels, kind of feels Schumachery to me. I don't know. Oh the shit! Colors are weird. I don't really like it. Now, see, I wouldn't. There's a lot of solidness, and Ron Howard's a solid director. Yeah. There's a lot of solidness, and there's there's a lot of Jim Carreyness. Jim Carrey is obviously. I mean, him as okay. So you don't like the movie, but him as the Grinch. I like him very as, well. I like him as the Grinch in the Grinchy parts. But there are parts of the Grinch that are not, that are not canon. They're not historically accurate to the Grinch Did you, character. Hold on, <laughs> hold on. And he historically like, accurate. Yes, the Grinch is not a historical. From the story. documentary, the Grinch, how the Grinch stole Christmas. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> <laughs> There's just parts. I mean, he'll the he'll like monologues with the dog. I don't find that funny. And the, the the zaniness with the I mean who does the Ron Howard director hat yeah where he out. makes fun of Ron Howard yeah I mean the, I don't know maybe it's meta I don't know I generally like meta things so it can't be that I don't know exactly what it is but I'm not the biggest fan and that I think is, it's fine that's a very unpopular I'm not judging you for it honestly okay I think it's fine and I don't mind that people like it. I do mind when people say You literally say, just started this whole rant I mind off when by people saying say it's that annoying. It's, to- I mind when people say it's great. You okay. can you can like it, just don't say it's great and don't say it's the best of all best. So Christmas everyone movie. needs to like just troll the shit out of Jake and <laughs> tell are, him how great the Grinch is. There are a bunch of dolts out there that say that it's the best Christmas movie of all time. I would not say it's the best Christmas movie of all time. In fact, it wasn't even it wasn't on, my on top any 10. of our top tens, <laughs> and so it's not in the top ten Christmas movies of all time. Not that we're the say all. <laughs> Yeah, we, we are. are. <laughs> um, do you have a movie podcast? I are you talking to me? No, because, I'm talking yes. to the audience who is thinking that we're not the t- be all. Well, we are because if are. if they've learned anything, it's yeah, that we're so humble. Our little universe. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, although I very much enjoy it, yeah, and I do watch it every Christmas. <laughs> I will say it took me a long time to enjoy it. Okay. Because yeah. There's so much more to it than what I always knew. Right. Which is, they took this storybook, mm-hmm. which is like 15 pages. Yeah. 
And then it was a TV special. Yeah. Which was barely 20 minutes long. Right. <laughs> and then they made the live action movie, which is over two hours long. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, there's so much more added to it. Mm-hmm. I do kind of like the little baby Grinch, st- like when he's in school. Well, okay, you gotta at least like he's when like, he bites the head off of the Santa plate and yeah. says bye bye. Yeah, and well, and yeah, like when he's like middle schoolish age, yeah, yeah. And he's like just an outcast, probably like you know, he's a There's, troublemaker. Although I enjoy it, I will say. It's probably one of the most flawed movies. <laughs> it doesn't make a lot of sense for a long time. Yeah. Because the Who's are like, the point of those stories is the Who's don't actually care about, well, the original, mm-hmm. about the presents. The whole idea is just to be together and just enjoy Christmas yeah. for Christmas. That's why they're so annoying, because they like singing more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> right. And the live action is they're like... Mm-hmm heavy consumer is <laughs> like oh, yeah. they're obsessed with just buying as much Christmas <laughs> presents and light shows. And yeah, there's like no heart to the who's <laughs> I get that. Yeah. And then there's like, I love Cindy Lou who in the live action is great. She's adorable. She's yeah. adorable. And she's the only one that like, she's the only one that I kind of like. Well, Cause she's, yeah. she's literally, yeah. All the who's from the original cartoon yeah. in this one little body. She's like, why are we buying all this stuff? <laughs> yeah. Aren't we supposed to spread cheer to those <laughs> that need it the most? Well, I'm yeah. going to do it. And they're like, I don't like the mayor. I don't like the mayor. I don't, I don't like, like the mayor at all. I don't like the the lady. I forget her name. That the Grinch like has the hots for. Oh, yeah. They treat her like she's super sexy. She's kind of creepy and weird. <laughs> Not hot. <laughs> Maybe he's in. You're that. so subjective. Today, I mean, Jake. not for me, but the Grinch might find her attractive, and there's somebody for everybody. Hey, man, so. she's got the hots for the Grinch. That's all that matters. See, true. Uh, no, I get why you don't care for the movie. <laughs> yeah, and even when I watch it, I mean, like, I really like the song "Where Are You Christmas," mm-hmm. but it doesn't fit the movie. Yeah, and I yeah, and I don't. Well, I mean, with the like. Mm-hmm. I never feel the Who's actually learn a lesson at the yeah, end. That would probably be better. Yeah. But I, unlike you, still enjoy it because it's the Grinch. And I like watching Jim Carrey yeah. as the Grinch. Because I... I appreciate his Who else commitment. could pull off that smile? Nobody else could pull off the smile. Nobody else has the actual physical commitment to be in pain all day right. wearing those contact lenses. Well, and he was like allergic to the yak hair. Yeah. It's... He's extremely committed and hugely commendable, obviously. Yeah. Um, and brilliant physical comedy. I think that he, his delivery and timing are all really, really, really funny. He's obviously the best part. But overall, as <laughs> yeah. a movie, don't care for it. And I, I, I can't fault you for it okay. because even like I watched it this Christmas season <laughs> and I still find myself like, you like it, but <laughs> at what cost? There's a lot in this movie that just doesn't add up. <laughs> and like, I don't like Cindy Lou's parents. I hate the mayor. Yeah, I hate yeah. the mayor's assistant. <laughs> I don't. Get yeah. I forgot the love. about her shitty post office dad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, there's a lot to it that I'm like, <laughs> Okay, Jim yeah. Carrey. Jim Carrey and Max. <laughs> They're the best parts. Yeah. Well, and Cindy Lou. Yeah. Who... <laughs> sorry, families. The actress, or the young lady that played Cindy Lou, uh-huh. 
She started a band as an adult called The Pretty Reckless. Go check them out. Really good music. Okay. Not family appropriate. <laughs> okay. She's kind of polar opposite of innocent. Sure. But good music. Check them out. That's what happens when you grow up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, while we're talking Christmas. So he did A Christmas Carol. He did. Which um, is like half animated, half not kind of. Well, it's all the uh, motion capture style. Yeah. Because Robert Zemeckis got like real obsessed with only doing this. real animation. Yeah. Is what it is. Did you watch it? I've seen it kind of. Not really. Okay. I can't say too much about it. Well. It was also 3D, wasn't it? Yeah, but fuck 3D. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remember somebody saying, oh, the snow falling in 3D is so cool. And I was like. No, I it's stupid. Care. I do have a couple things to say about it. Okay. Well, Christmas Carol is one of your favorite Christmas stories. The, probably your favorite it Christmas is, story. It is. Yeah. Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol is my all-time favorite Christmas story. Okay. Uh, the first two spirits, everything from the beginning to the second spirit, so Christmas present. Yeah. Very accurate. Mm-hmm. Makes me very happy as a fan of the story because it's the first spirit... And the story is a flame. Okay. It's like a candle flame that's mm-hmm. flickering and kind of dying out and all that mm-hmm. has burst. And this was the first and only adaptation to actually show mm. that spirit as the flame. Okay. And Jim Carrey plays the spirits. Yeah. As well as Scrooge. And he does a great job as Scrooge. He does a great job as the spirits, especially Christmas present. Mm-hmm. Because he's got this huge, boisterous laugh that's supposed to... Like, it's... As a fan of the story, I was very like, Mm -hmm. yes. Oh, my God. This is awesome. And then it goes very Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And it gets very over the top. And they... It's one of those movies where they they got lost in the spectacle. Instead of just making sure the story was being told. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, it's, it's a decent one okay. but because the like the final spirit which is supposed to be the scariest yeah. part is the least scary part of the uh, whole movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's too bad yeah even in like the mickey mouse christmas carol it's scary yeah, the last I mean, one's so scary yeah but it it's not horrible it's just it i was so bummed <laughs> that it got so like spectacle and yeah. they try to throw in gags and you're like oh. uh, Ebenezer Scrooge never had gags <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure Charles Dickens never had any gags but it, it's a cool cast uh, Gary Oldman is in Love it Gary Oldman yeah, yeah. Uh, Carrie Yules is in it Love again Carrie it's 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 a pretty decent telling of a Christmas Carol Jim Carrey does a great job as Scrooge yeah uh, as Scrooge you feel there's a lot of like purity of that character that Carrie is showing. He's not okay. like forcing any. Mm-hmm. It seems very well done. You can tell Jim Carrey had respect for mm-hmm. like what the character has to go through and good. learn his lesson. But that is good. It, it's an okay one. Okay. We can move on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever see series of unfortunate events? I did see series. Of okay. Well, events. we might as well. We're on like family theme. Yeah. And he that actually is a good one because I kind of get a similar Scroogey vibe, just a little bit more mischievous. Okay. Like he's has a similar sort of, I mean, a series of unfortunate events is kind of Dickensian in its style. It's very dark and 
weird and it's very weird this is a little bit more weird i guess dickens isn't that weird like a fantasy like this is but but no i I can see yeah it's set in like a foreign land and it's yeah he's a great like watching that movie you almost get the sense Mm -hmm. they only made the movie to have jim carrey as the count yeah (laughs) yeah at least that's how i feel no i totally agree i think that he (laughs) he certainly carries it and he's very fun and and olaf is a very fun and wild wacky kind of off the wall character doing different things that you wouldn't normally expect at different times he's like a he's almost like a a satire Mm -hmm. on jim carrey's Mm -hmm. characters interesting like yeah if that makes any kind of sense because he does a lot of like overacting on a's you can tell carrie's having fun with that character yeah and you see a lot of elements of Mm -hmm. a lot of previous characters and count olaf yeah i could definitely see that um how do you feel about the movie as a whole though um i don't sit down and watch it often because i don't it doesn't appeal to me that much. There it is. <laughs> no, I, I ask. So, uh, first time I saw it, yeah. I was like, yay. And then the second time, so I was like, all right. <laughs> okay. And then I haven't watched it for a long time. Yeah. And then my daughter and I watched it together. Mm-hmm. And it ended, and I was like, what do you think? And she goes, I don't know. It's <laughs> like, that's accurate. <laughs> like, I don't know. There's parts of it I enjoy. Yeah. But I don't know, but like it's mm-hmm. it's got a cool cast. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I can't pinpoint what it is. I just mm-hmm. That's kind of where I'm at. I I know that it's not one that if someone mentions I'm like, oh I wanna watch that. I just don't ever really want to watch it. Like that it's it, it's one of those where if it happened to be like if I'm channel surfing, if yeah. I had cable, mm-hmm. which I don't have cable because why would you pay for cable? <laughs> right. No offense to those paying for cable. But- <laughs> Why would you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if it would happen to be ridiculous. on, I would probably like leave it on for a little while just for background. Yeah. But yeah, to actively go and watch it, I find myself like, mm-hmm. um, I think I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, I almost forgot about it until I saw it on Netflix and that was when <laughs> my daughter and I watched it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, of the movies with orphan children that need to live with an eccentric individual. I would just watch Despicable Me. Like I right, it's <laughs> not it's not as weird as Olaf, but he's I mean still... it's not a bad movie, but it's one that I'm like, eh. yeah, all right, yeah, and yeah, and I I I mean I don't love the kids. They're they're not there's not not spectacular. There's nothing really going on there. Well, you never really. It's like you you're not you're not there for the kids. You're there you to watch Olaf. Be yeah, you're crazy. only there to watch Jim Carrey as Count Olaf, this yeah. mischievous eccentric villain who's trying to get rich. Yeah, yeah. that's like right. <laughs> yeah, very huh, <laughs> like a fart. Uh, Did you just say like a fart? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> um, Speaking of farts, no, I don't know. I don't know a segue, so I'm just going to jump into this one. Okay. No segue. Hard cut. Fun with Dick and Jane. Yeah. Did you watch this one? I did. Okay. I did. I saw it a long time ago. Okay. And then rewatched it. Okay. I think it's kind of fun. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> like, I I think that a lot of people ignored it. I appreciate it more 
Yeah. As I'm older, because yeah. it's been out for 15 years. Yeah. Which is weird to think about. <laughs> yeah. Than when I did when it first came out. Mm-hmm. When it came out, I was like, eh, whatever. Now I'm in my 30s, yeah. and I watched it, and I'm like, oh, this is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Because it takes a very non-funny subject matter. Yeah. And very real <laughs> subject. Yeah. And puts the the lighter spin to it. Yeah, it's a very, <laughs> like, oh, this all really happens. <laughs> yeah. Did happen. And <laughs> yeah, it happens all the time. Uh, yeah, I. the more I watch this one, the more I feel this is mm-hmm. very underrated comedy. Mm-hmm. Like, no one seems to remember this one or watch it, but you should. Yeah. Because it's got some... Yeah. It's got and some I, great moments in it. I feel like, I mean, maybe maybe the last time I saw it, we were also, like, super poor at the time. <laughs> and so it's about, like, people who look, lose all their money and don't have yeah. any. Like, and so there were certain points along the way when I would watch a movie like this, like this, or like, uh, um, what is the sequel to 40 year old no not 40 year old version the other one with the kid with the knocked up what's the one what's the sequel to knocked this up? is 40 this is 40 i Jesus knew there was a 40 in it right i knew there was a 40 in it well no wonder you were broke in 2005 <laughs> we just graduated high school <laughs> yeah and trying to move out and like eating ramen and so but it was regardless um this is 40 is like a totally different thing where you're like married and then you're like trying to like keep up with everything. And yeah. Huge pain. Um, but yeah, so like we're rewatching it now. You have a little bit more benefit of hindsight and all this stuff, but having lived more of life, I totally think you're right. Being in your thirties and watching it, you're like, Oh, this is dark, but clever and funny. Like it's, it's, not that dark. It's just kind of weirdly. No, it, it just takes a very real subject matter and just kind of, mm-hmm. it puts a humorous spin to it. Yeah. Without like detracting from the, mm-hmm. what's actually happening. Uh, yeah. And it adds kind of the pureness or the innocence of the children's book mentality. Yeah. Where the C dick runs. <laughs> <Right. stuff. laughs> Which is great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I really enjoy great. it. It's a, uh, it's one that I, and I really like Tia Leone also. So I think them together, they're very like They work really well together. Yeah. yeah. As like <laughs> bandits or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Their, their desperation increasing is mm-hmm. what makes a movie very funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think between that one and Yes Man. Let's talk Yes Man. I think Yes Man's also really fun. And it was like kind of at a point where like I mentioned, it kind of just peaked. Jim Carrey was kind of in a lull and yeah. he kind of peaked up again with yes, man, where it was like a really bright spot. I don't hear too many people talk about yes, man, but it's one that I'm like, this movie is mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. <laughs> like it's a very good movie. Yeah. It kind of came out of nowhere as a really good movie and it holds up as a really good movie. It does. And it's, uh, it's fitting that Jim Carrey's one that made this movie. Okay. Yep. Uh, just because of the like embracing life and yeah, you know, I love the the message of you shouldn't say yes to everything just because you feel you have to, but yeah. you got to get yourself to a point to like you should agree to an opportunity. No to yeah, yeah. But it's funny. Mm-hmm. Him and Zoe Deschanel work really well together. Yeah, Zoe's always great. Very quirky and kind of gets him out of his comfort zone a little bit. Right. And I always forget, I don't know why, but I always forget 
Bradley Cooper plays <laughs> his best friend in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yes, man. I mean, the jokes in it are great. Mm-hmm. The physical comedy yeah. is top notch in this movie. It's just mm-hmm. the whole scene where he gets drunk is probably one of the funniest scenes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I get to take her to a ball. <laughs> Every pretty girl gets should deserve Every to go to a ball. Girl deserves to go to a ball. Yeah, I, I like it a lot. I think that it's really fun and I I remember it very fondly when I haven't seen it for a long time. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, yes, man, I should go back and watch that. Cause it's like it's it's a feel good movie. It's a lighthearted movie. It doesn't mm. try to like it doesn't try to force anything. It just it's Yeah. It's just it's such a good movie in it. Yeah, if you if you need something lighter, if you need something that puts a smile, I mean, Yes Man is mm-hmm. right up there. Yeah, it's definitely top notch. Yeah, I think similar to that vein, Bruce Almighty is in that same level. Let's talk Bruce Almighty. Yes Man and Bruce Almighty, I feel like are similarly similarly positive, yes. fun, lighthearted experiences. I love Bruce Almighty. Yeah. Absolutely love Bruce Almighty. Yeah. Which is funny <laughs> and ironic mm-hmm. considering I'm not a God-fearing person. Right. We talked about that last week. But, uh... <laughs> or I guess a couple weeks ago when we were talking about M. Night. M. Night. Yeah. We're, no, we're not bringing that up, man. Oh, not. yeah. <laughs> I still haven't gone back to see if I was wrong or not. <laughs> uh, um. But Bruce Almighty, I mean, it's... Yeah, I feel Bruce Almighty and Yes Man are very similar movies. Yeah. I feel like Bruce Almighty and Liar Liar are almost the same movie. Mm-hmm. But it, there's like a, not really a purity, but they're like a genuine mm-hmm. kind of just, hey. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, get off your ass. Like, <laughs> I do really enjoy, I think, what makes Bruce Almighty so good, besides the cast and Morgan Freeman as God is. Yeah. Genius. It's so good. Yeah. I mean, to this day, and it came out in 2003, mm-hmm. you mentioned God in movies, and mm-hmm. everyone unanimously is always like, oh, Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Morgan Freeman is forever God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there are worse uh, ac- attributions to have. <laughs> right, right. But uh, I really like... Jim Carrey's movies started having, like, messages, mm-hmm. which is a very Jim Carrey thing. Yeah. You learn something. E- yeah. And Bruce Almighty, I love the message in it because it's not a like, you you know, life is only going to be good if you believe in God. Right. Right, right. Or if you have faith. It's very much, I mean, they drive it home and it's even a line is, mm-hmm. if you want a miracle, you have to be the miracle. Mm-hmm. And I really respect that. Yeah. Where it's like, hey, you can't just expect this. You need to actually be it. Yeah. You know, you want get the world to be ass. better? Get off your ass. Yeah. Be the change you want to see in the world. <laughs> right. Exactly. So it's like a sappy, mm-hmm. stereotypical message, but the way the movie drives it home is, yeah. I, I feel very well done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it's it's interesting that, uh, I think you mentioned it feels like Liar Liar in a lot yeah. of ways. Um, Jim Carrey made it with the same director that Liar yeah, Liar Yeah, wasn't did. it uh, and, Tom Shadick or whatever? Yeah, exactly. And they also did uh, Pet Detective together, the first one. And so yeah. that, that they've probably worked together the most. And so, yeah, it's, you can see that he gets, Jim Carrey gets his timing, gets gets what's going on there. Well, and this this gave me one of, like, a duo that I feel they need to do more. Mm-hmm. 
because they don't get enough screen time together, but Steve Carell and Jim Carrey yeah. should work together more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Steve Carell is one of those absolute, we should do a Steve Carell episode of this. Oh, we should. He's an absolute genius, not just in comedy, but definitely in comedy. He is a with, joy with his, to watch. His timing and everything is so imp- incredible. Um, but yeah, seeing seeing them together, two heavyweights. <laughs> yeah. It's insane. Seeing Steve Carell have to like <laughs> mimic <laughs> Jim Carrey's facial expressions and sound effects yeah. while being Steve Carell. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. He pulls it off so well. And <laughs> I I remember when this came out, I mean the the big thing was like how well Jennifer Aniston and Jim Carrey worked together. Uh-huh. I'm kind of shocked they never did anything yeah. together. That's actually where I thought you were going with your yeah. last statement, that they, they would be another good duo to do more things together. And they so should. She's a good um, balance to him, I think. She's a very... Yeah. Like, they, they felt natural. Like yeah. I believed wholeheartedly, mm-hmm. yeah, this could be mm-hmm. everyday couple in Buffalo. Right. Or wherever. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, Bruce Almay, it's so fun. <laughs> and it's hilarious. It's super funny it is really funny it's one of the, another one of those that i remember fondly and then rewatch and i'm like i forget a lot of the great jokes in it and then i rewatch and i enjoy it again for the first time yeah you know a movie of his is not funny <laughs> i know a couple of them that aren't funny yeah uh number 23 yeah yeah and so i feel like a lot of people shit on number 23 yeah is what i recall yeah but rewatching it i didn't think it was that bad okay do you think it's that bad? My opinion initially was I very much enjoyed it because okay. I like Jim Carrey in a different role. I like the darker sure. side of things. Uh, the more I watch it these days, the less I like it. Okay. Well, this is only the second time I've ever seen okay. it. Okay. I don't hate it. Yeah. I can still watch it, but it's I'm like <laughs> the thing I dislike the most <laughs> is the most soup like uh on the surface thing for me to not like <laughs> but the thing i dislike the most is when he's fingerling he has that like tattoo yeah and his like back and arm and stuff i'm like that just looks stupid like it, you, it doesn't yeah it, it, doesn't, it doesn't look, look good, good at all i uh <laughs> re-watching it this week because i hadn't watched it for a while yeah i forgot like there's a lot of weird sex in it yeah and I totally forgot about that. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of weird flashback sex where... Uh, There's like like violent sex. Yeah. It's, well, yeah. She's like pretending she have a knife and she wants him to like, like pretend to cut her and stuff. Where he like covers her mouth and uh-huh. he's like, I'm going to cut you, bitch, if you, shut, if you don't shut up. Yeah. That scene happened and I was like, oh, <laughs> I don't know. Not into that. That's, that's not fun. <laughs> Yeah, it's. I like the premise of it. Uh-huh. Um, it just it feels like a movie that should have been more complicated. Mm. But it's such a simple, yeah, obvious movie. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's a. Uh, the twist is kind of weird. Like you could, you could make the same movie and go in a couple different directions. Yeah, and I don't know if anyone is better than the others. That's a good, yeah. Because I think that you could easily have him be the same guy or have her have written it or have it be somebody random that they just find and ask about his life. And I kind of feel it would have been better if it would have been someone random. Yeah. I really do feel that. I think 
Yeah. I think it should have been, no, it's all coincidence, but mm-hmm. no, they had to mm-hmm. dive into paranoia over a number. And I don't, I don't follow numerology. I don't care mm. about it. I think I don't it's, get it. I think it's interesting. I tend to be a conspiracy theorist. Right. I think that there's something they're not telling us about everything. Well, so this I, year proved that's actually true. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I, I think it's cool when things match up. I do think it's, you definitely get to a point very quickly where you're not using the same method to get to the 23. You're just, you're trying too hard to it, get it to it. It gets very like desperate to yeah. find the it's number like, if 23. If you add this one and this one together, but I choose this one arbitrarily for no reason to not add together i multiply it, it and then conveniently fits my my logic right now <laughs> it's just i need to find some way out of the dozen of ways i can use these numbers i just to i get to 23 or say, 32 i was gonna say the 32 thing like, and they do it like three or four times this is 23 reversed i'm like god damn it no that means it doesn't count <laughs> <laughs> right no it's not the same number yeah. <laughs> Maybe I I had this thought while I was watching. I was like, maybe if twenty, maybe if thirty two was twenty three reversed, and it meant something different, like it meant something, like twenty three meant something, and then thirty two meant the opposite, right. or backwards, or positive and negative. If you did something with it being reversed, but they never even give twenty three like a real meaning. It's just yeah. like it's just I can find this number if I desperately try to find and connect yeah. anything I can. Isn't that weird? <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty um, much what it's about. <laughs> the biggest problem the number 23 had... Uh-huh. Joel Schumacher! Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did make a note to bring up Joel Schumacher, too. <laughs> Fucking Joel Schumacher. <laughs> Sorry if you're a fan, I just... I don't... The The only good movie that Joel Schumacher has done that I like, personally... I understand everybody is different, but I, I like uh, Falling Down... It, that is a great movie. That's the only one that I really like. That is a great movie. I give you that one. Um, I think he did Phantom of the Opera, which is good too. He did? But that's a musical, but that's very different. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. Hi, Christy. Oh, he did 8mm? That movie's fucked eight up. 8mm? I don't remember 8mm. Okay, he did a couple that I do enjoy. Okay. Oh. I won't hate him completely. You but heard it here first. You did. Well, he did. Oh, he did A Time to Kill. That's an excellent movie. Time to Kill. I don't know what you're talking about. You've never seen A Time to Kill? I don't think so. It sounds like a James Bond movie. No, it's uh, it's the courtroom case about like a racial crime. Sam Jackson, Matthew McConaughey, Sandra Bullock. Oh, I like all those people. Yeah, it's actually it's a pretty good movie. Alrighty. All right, moving on. <laughs> uh, let's talk. Not it, like it's funny, but it's not obviously funny. Okay. It's my favorite romantic film of yes. all time. Eternal Sunshine. Eternal Sunshine on the Spotless Mind. Yeah. It's so good. It's another, I would say if he had like his top three movies, this would be up there. Yep. With Truman Show for sure. It's, Jim Carrey has come out and said his character of Joel. Yeah. Is the most accurate to how he really is. Oh, interesting. Which is probably why it feels so, it's so easy like, to play. Yeah. Yeah. I won't go into, I mean, listen to our romance episode if you want me to. Yeah. No, it's it's really beautiful and really different and crazy. You're like three hours too late. <laughs> Welcome to Movie Boners. God damn it. Welcome to Movie Boners. Home of the Movie Boners. Everyone call Christy out. Yeah, what did we say earlier? That I don't remember. Oh, she uh, something about crack. 
Oh, yeah, we talked about Dumb and Dumber 2 and how you always laugh that he's hooked on crack. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> See? Man. I wasn't lying. <laughs> yeah, call her out. Call her out. That's hilarious. He's got Asperger's. Oh, yeah, she laughs at that, too. That's hilarious. Asperger's. I don't even remember that part. He doesn't wipe. He, he has Asperger's. Yeah. It's a poop joke. So, <laughs> Eternal Sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> Great film no, house movie. What? Yes, it is. She already said that in a romance episode. Oh, that's right. And like, then I told her why it's such a great romantic movie, and she changed like, her mind. Not changed her mind, but she resentfully agreed with me and <laughs> understood where I was coming from. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah. I think that you have to see it just to see how it's filmed and. It's edited. a very unique movie. Yeah, it's very unique in the way that the characters are in the different scenes and the way that they're, the way that she's everything's being wiped away from his memory is really really beautifully like done. The, attempt to stop it and mm-hmm. the learning of like love and appreciation and mm-hmm. understanding that he was an asshole for taking something <laughs> for granted and yeah yeah i i can't complain i love that movie. <laughs> i absolutely love it no i love it too it's beautiful oh we, we're actually almost done i think we're basically we're basically done, done. we've got what? You didn't see. More? Neither of us saw Dark Crimes. Nope. I started watching it. Um, That's like his most recent one, but it was it an is. independent film. Well, if you don't count Sonic. Oh, yeah. Um, it seems interesting from what I started watching. I feel like I should watch it, but definitely do not watch it after you've been watching Ace Ventura and Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> and it's very different and very serious and dark, and there's a lot of naked people in it. And yeah. it's about a lot of terrible crime um well let's talk sonic yeah you just watched it for the first i've seen it numerous times i watched it for the very first time and i skipped it partly due to the controversy around it so we talked about last week with teenage mutant ninja turtles Mm -hmm. how they did the reboot and the face looked so silly and weird and different and how that turned us off initially the lead up to Sonic was so funny to me because the first trailer come out and the entire internet just decided uh, it wasn't Sonic just looks the internet. stupid. It was like the world united yeah. to hate this one design. Everybody said, fuck you, you're not putting out this movie. <laughs> Go back and fix it. And then the studio did. And then they did, which was amazing. They were like, okay, we're going to go back and re-render this entire movie, which CG is the most expensive part of any movie that's well, they, heavily CG. I love like how they uh, fixed their mistake. Mm-hmm. By they just went, we took the video game character and we made him fuzzy. Yeah. Bam. <laughs> is this what you want? You ungrateful. And, and then, then it like, debuted number one. Like, yeah, <laughs> <It's> like, that's <laughs> weirdly enough exactly what we wanted was what, <laughs> right. the thing that we love. It, it turns out the studio does not have to try to change every aspect <laughs> audiences will go to it if it's not like there's even a good reason they were just like i don't know why they decided to go with they wanted to give him more of a realistic look but he's a blue Uh, alien creature yeah i guess if you're in a A realistic look is not really what you need to worry about yeah but yeah i seeing it for the first time i thought that it was fun yeah it's a very like family-esque kind of movie. Oh, yeah. I thought that it did a good job of capturing Sonic, the Sonic that I know from the games. Obviously, they're not, like, heavily story games. Right. But seeing his world was cool, seeing the rings was cool, Robotnik... So the things I know about his world are not really from the games, but the cartoon. Yeah. So there was a cartoon with Robotnik. Well, and it was heavily influenced by the cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You could could get those elements coming through, I think. I think that they did a good job of 
showing that for the most part. And so I thought it was fun. Um, I think that Jim Carrey did a pretty good job as Robotnik, and I liked his kind of transformation as the movie went on, and you got more towards prime Robotnik, it, yeah. <laughs> whatever you want to call him. Well, it, it's a good setup. Mm-hmm. And they're, they've already announced, yeah, we're making more. Yeah. Which is funny for how much hell the movie went through before it was ever released. Yeah. To now it's like audiences mm-hmm. are demanding, like, you need to give us more because we loved what you did. Yeah. You need to give us more. Uh, I I very much enjoyed it mm-hmm. because it was fun, because it didn't try to, like, do new crazy mm-hmm. thing. It was just, no, we're going to put Sonic in the mm-hmm. real world. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, <laughs> yeah. I liked his, like, like, adjustments to the real world. Yeah. And, I mean... James Marston's very charismatic always. He's always likable. But yeah, seeing Sonic and like how he's kind of been around this town and he kind of sees the different people and gives them his own names. As oh, he's the whole like... donut lord and pretzel lady stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's just fun. Yeah. And it, it was very cute. It, it, was... it is a very cute, very fun movie. Jim Carrey. I love Jim Carrey in this. Mm-hmm. And it was great seeing Jim Carrey do some like full on physical comedic things again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he played. I like the idea where he plays his character so serious, but he's not. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's so eccentric that he's ridiculous, but he's playing it. Yeah. Um, I I absolutely love the the dance sequence in his truck mm-hmm. where he's got like the CGI screen behind yeah. him. <laughs> that's just fine. He does a couple of, like nods to some of his comedic heroes right. in that, mm-hmm. which is real neat. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I think it's crazy that he signed on to play Robotnik. Yeah. Knowing he has to like, he's under contract to make more movies now. Yeah. And he doesn't do sequels. So it's very, yeah. It's interesting that he's didn't like the Ace Ventura sequel and the Dumb Dumber sequel didn't do great. And those are the only other ones he's ever done. Yeah. But yeah, I think this has the potential to be a good sequel. I think it could. I, as long as they keep it, let's just continue what yeah. the first one did right build off that not try to like overdo it mm-hmm. um i think it's possibly the best video game movie we've been given <laughs> ever well the resident evil franchise lasted forever but well those are not regarded as good movies well i don't know why you jump to resident evil as a, because as it's a the most video infamous game video game movie i would say tomb raider is probably the biggest the video game movie. reboot one yeah. It was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so there's a yeah, good, was really there's good. A good video game movie right there. Yeah. Um, but I'm saying Sonic was like... I would say Super Mario Brothers is really good. No, you <laughs> would be so wrong. <laughs> We've discussed this, man. <laughs> that movie is bad. To the point where Nintendo forever refused to give their product to people. <laughs> I mean, they're worse things. <laughs> Not really. Boom, boom on Nintendo. Um, <laughs> yeah, go listen to our Guilty Pleasures episode where I yeah. talk extensively about in, how good the John Leguizamo... Incorrectly. Bob Hoskins... Uh, call Jake out, folks. Super Mario Bros. I mean, we could all be called out for so many things. It's true. It's Guilty Pleasure for a reason, guys. Yeah, but it's just a bet. Like, there's nothing good about that one. <laughs> no, I was curious, though, about how you would feel about Sonic. Yeah. 
So I'm glad that you enjoyed it and found it fun for what it is. And I yeah. really like the movie. I think that's the key. The for what it is is the key. Yeah. It's not going to be this dramatic Sonic movie that guy that guys in their 30s who played the game who love Sonic dearly are like, oh, this is my Sonic that I love. This is a movie for kids today. Yeah. It's, and it's a good to introduce them movie. to Sonic and to have a fun time. Yeah. And I can watch it. Well, I watched it this week and was like, oh, it's just as fun mm-hmm. without my daughter by me watching it. I, I can enjoy it. Yeah. Right now. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's, do you have, do we have more? I don't think so. I think so. we hit them all. I think that was pretty much it. Well, unless you want to talk about Mr. Popper's Penguins. I've never seen it. I don't, haven't seen it either. I know it's a, <laughs> I know it's a family movie and I'm sure it's fine. And I know there's penguins in it. And I think it was based on a book or something. I think it was a remake of an old movie. Or it was a remake from an old movie. That's possible. And I think it did a moderate job at the box office, and it's mediocre. I don't know. Yeah. It's in that lull area. Yes. That we were talking about. Uh, he has a s- supporting role in Kick-Ass 2. Which is a good one. Which is great. I didn't really like pull any of his supporting role stuff, but yeah. I do really like his Kick-Ass 2 role a lot. I think the timing of that movie was unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Because he re- he was going to go and promote it, uh-huh. and then we had a bunch of school shootings happen, Oh, and he was like, I can't promote this movie right now. <laughs> this movie has guns in it. Because there's a lot of violence in this movie. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah, that's a problem. So, what would you say, did you do like a... A, a wrap-up? Yeah. I would say, I laugh every time that... Jim Carrey says sorry because he's Canadian and I always forget that he's Canadian. And it comes out so prominently <laughs> and once bitten. Yeah. I forget that he's Canadian until he says sorry. <laughs> and then I remember and I laugh. I mean, he's got dual citizenship now, but Yeah. It yeah. doesn't change how you pronounce words. <laughs> right. It's just paper. It was funny watching once bitten mm-hmm. and he says sorry to his girlfriend and mm-hmm. the sorry came out. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you can still hear it a little bit in Dumb and Dumber and uh, The Mask and all those movies, too. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, greatest possible physical comedian. Um, his physical comedy is top-notch. He's, I think, comedians transfer very well to drama, and they know, they. I mean, they tap into human emotion, they tap into timing and what audiences want, so I think that he did that as good as anybody else has ever done, and even though he has lull movies or not great movies or whatever. The, but I think that's the, pretty common. The home runs he's hitting are Grand Slam home runs. Like oh, yeah. He's, he's game-winning game Grand Slam home runs. He's a great, great comedian and actor. Yeah, I mean, from a young age, I think it was very obvious for me that I was going to be most likely a lifelong fan of his. Yeah. And this last week, watching all these movies back to, I mean, that's all I watched this last week. Yeah, right. It just, it really brought back that feeling like, yep, Mm -hmm. I, Jim Carrey is a gem. Mm -hmm. He's Mm -hmm. so good. I can't wait to watch him (laughs) when he's an old man. Hopefully he's still making movies. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be really fun. And uh, I think he transferred to drama Mm -hmm. very well, Mm -hmm. considering the comedy chops that he started with. Right. And the type of comedy chops. Yeah. Like, there are certain actors who are comedians, but are more just witty or or clever or whatever. And he's very zany and I mean, wacky he is. And, and, and high I mean, energy. 
and he tones down his energy and it you don't feel like he's struggling yeah he's just he's such a joy to watch Mm -hmm. he really is he might be kind of out there yeah when he's not in front of a camera but (laughs) teach their own you know literally everybody's like he's just yeah, I I love Jim Carrey's movies. I mean, yeah, there's a few that I'm like, meh, mm-hmm. I can do without that one. <laughs> but that's a normal story. Yeah. I think he's a genius. I He's one of the funniest guys. Mm-hmm. And I'm probably going to be quoting Dumb and Dumber and Ace Ventura. <laughs> when Until I'm like, we're old. <laughs> even then, I'll probably be on my deathbed and be like, all righty then. <laughs> no, I completely agree. They're timeless. Timeless yeah. classics. So... That's all I got. That's all I got. Tell us what you like about Jim Carrey. and Yeah, tell us your favorites or the ones that you don't really care for. Yeah, yeah. If you wanted to put them in a top ten list or something, you could do that. Go to our Facebook and Instagram at Movie Boners yep. and leave us a comment there. You can, uh, don't forget, you can give us voicemails. You we're, can. You could, we're waiting for that voicemail. You could call in. There's a, if you go to MovieBoners.com, there's a button to leave us a voicemail. And you if you record it and we get it. You can ask us a question. You can say whatever you want. You can say we're stupid. We will play it in a future episode. And, and I mean, we'll probably <laughs> fire back, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, doesn't mean I'm going to believe you. Right. Um, I mean, we're awesome. Also, <laughs> that reminds me, though. Uh-oh. Fun factoid. I have totally forgotten that people can rate and review us oh, on yeah. iTunes Oh, yeah. Don't forget to rate and review us. It people, helps. Some people did that. Oh, shit. And some people are badasses, and we appreciate it a lot. We have five stars on iTunes because... Are you serious? I think, I think two two or three people have have given us a rating on iTunes. Oh, fuck. Well, thank you to you people. You are the best, and we love you dearly. Yeah, keep that up. Five stars. Go us. I know. And the most important thing you can do is just tell your friends. Yeah. Yeah, keep spreading the word. Um, we're having a joy doing this, and we're going to keep doing it. So. Yeah, exactly. All right. So that's it. We'll see you next time. All righty, then.